Hi, and welcome to the Alliance of Survivor Game Podcast. I'm Ryan, the host slash game runner of Alliance. Join me as I talk to the winner of Nexus Park, Bird, about making it to the merge and their descent into cutting down their allies. This is part two. Welcome back, Bird. Uh, we left off at F13. The immunity challenge for this was the swinging ship uh, that contained competitive counting and uh, a little bit of scheduling <laughs> that had to take place to make sure everybody lined up and uh, we were able to get things off the ground, which you had a hand in. Or a wing in. Yeah, trying to control my control taking in team challenges. But it once again came out where it was like, oh, this is a scheduling challenge. <laughs> like, we need to find people who can be on at a given time. And we needed, we were up 7-5, which means we needed two sit-outs. Mm -hmm. And... Did you say they had to be completely different sit-outs from who had sat out from all prior challenges? Uh, that's a good question. Because it wasn't, so... Yeah. Uh... I just remember being like, well, I think Jordan sat out already at this point. Maybe that's it. But I was like, I haven't sat out yet. Like, I'm willing to sit out, but I need people to actually <laughs> show up. And so I think it was like, it was a headache... A nightmare like just trying to figure out like who is around and when and can they do it and but you said that we didn't need to know all the groups by the time we started if i'm remembering uh, that yeah i don't see myself having said that in any channel i can easily yeah sift through so it might have been in your camp which i that's a lot more <laughs> messages yeah. to go through than the challenge channel or uh loudspeaker uh, that sounds probably accurate. Um, obviously, uh, let's, like the general rule of thumb is not back to back. Although we've more recently amended that to be not twice until everyone else has done it once. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, ultimately you're going to sit out uh, Jordan and Nay, and yeah. I believe since nobody sat out technically in. Uh, go-karts white knuckles i guess that using the back-to-back -back thing kind of nullified it for that yeah. reason i suppose because yeah i i think i was trying to sit out that's what i remember <laughs> i was like i'm like it's the last challenge before merge it is counting which is fine like i had sat out of counting in the roller coaster too Mm -hmm. like the original counting and so it, i remember just thinking how silly it was that i was going to be like oh i'll just sit out of both of the counting challenges <laughs> not because i think i'm inherently bad at counting but just because other people seemed more excited or willing to jump in and do it but i i think you also had opened up a shared channel that we could you could talk directly in the immunity channel yeah yeah so um because we were talking to each other about things that weren't the challenge. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I see Nay and yourself and Steph and Waxler discussing availabilities and stuff. 
you suggest you volunteer uh, Steph and Wax to go first, um, <laughs> of course, and I think that that ends up what being what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it wasn't something be- since you didn't need to sit anyone specific out necessarily. Uh, I'm sure we were fine with knowing the matchups later. They didn't have to be predetermined because availability is always complicated and fun. Yeah, so much fun. And I'm I'm looking at this <clears throat> channel too, and it looks like I'm reading your when to meet and just spouting off everyone's availability. <laughs> Probably. Like both my own tribe and the other tribe because... I don't know. I I find it frustrating when other people aren't taking the initiative, even though clearly that's yeah. You everybody has. I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of the players don't actually think of it at the in the moment, but you can all use the when to meet to see everyone else's availabilities, right? You can look at the schedule and be like, all right, well, if we are the ones that we're the ones that are going to end up in tribal council tomorrow. Uh, that's already on the went meet. So we're probably going to be looking at a time in this time frame and know that hours before the announcement gets made, that sort of thing. But like you said, a lot of people just don't care or don't think of it or don't want to do it. And, um, and then nothing happens. <laughs> and then yeah. you have everybody doing the challenge at 11 p.m. at night. Um and I think the other thing is, I don't know, I'm seeing in this channel that I'm saying that I'm going to be in the car at some point, which mm-hmm. leads me to think that I knew that I had availability constraints. And mm-hmm. so it was like, well, and I know that I'm the kind of person who goes to bed at a reasonable hour. And so it was like, <laughs> not only does the part of me that gets annoyed when people take too long to make decisions get riled up at this, but also the part of me that just knows I have my own stuff that i need to get around to and would like to be able to plan my day around (laughs) sure when i'm doing things yes i uh that is one of the many sacrifices uh of hosting (laughs) an org that does most of its stuff live is i don't get that uh yeah that's a that must be a life that must be (laughs) um so ultimately the challenge opens in the early afternoon um it doesn't take very long before waxler and steph as the 1v1 matchup yeah. starts around two quarter to three maybe even a little before that uh they wrap up a little before three thirty, so it takes them about 50 45 minutes and then we do uh chaco and bramble versus darcy and spenjamin that starts around 4.30 and goes until a little before five, about another 45 to 50 minutes, give or take. Yeah. Um, three. So I think the ideal, obviously, when you look at the season structure and this type of a challenge, um, best case scenario is that the tribes come into this 6-6 and then we can do three matchups of 2v2s. Uh, but that... Yeah was never going unlikely to be the case as much as anything else. So we have seven, five. So we do two, two, one. Um, I think it could have been eight to four, which would have been two, one, one most likely. Uh, and so um, it's, it was always going to be three matchups 
and yeah. uh, win two out of three matchups, win immunity. And when you were doing this, did you always intend to announce the results as soon as they came through? Because what we're going to end up seeing happening is that the other tribe wins both of their matchups, so my matchup never happens. Right. And, I mean, that happened, like, we saw that happen in Hidden City with um, Excavate, where two of those matchups didn't end up happening because we reached an impasse in score. Uh, I don't know. It's more of, like, a feel I guess for me, it it depends on a couple of different factors. If, for example, the people who have yet to go are poorly available, like let's mm. not stress over that and worry about it. Um, but I think the nature of so many of these types of challenges being live challenges is that you want to do the thing that is easiest. <laughs> <laughs> because scheduling is very difficult and time-consuming. So if there's a way to ignore those, fine. Um, generally, like, uh, I think even with um, Excavate this season, uh, we'd even I'd even told uh, Ben and Bendy, if you wanted to play, you still could. It just, we gave you the results already. So you don't, you know that there's no outcome, that your result won't change anything. Um, and so... They chose not to, which is fine. Um, I don't know that... I don't... I believe... I'm sure we didn't offer you that same opportunity here. Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, we probably would have, since it's not really something that is that intensive on our side either. Um, it's just a lot of copy-paste stuff. Yeah. And that's pretty straightforward. So, uh, that being said, um, I... It is really weird because I do track challenge performance on my mm -hmm. spreadsheet and so if you don't participate in the challenge you don't get any positive or negative credit for that challenge right and it's 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 a little awkward that like you know that you know you could have been you know a great counter um and this could have boosted your quote-unquote challenge rating or whatever the case may be um, or you could be really bad and done really poorly and had it negatively impact that. But as it is, it's just kind of like a empty box that doesn't impact anything whatsoever. Because um, there's no way of knowing, I'm just going to pretend that I'm a really great <laughs> counter. I've, in the one cha counting challenge I've ever done in an org, I did win it. So <laughs> clearly I must be an expert an expert counter but i also think that the other tribe was actually practicing counting which i mean who's i think we stopped maybe two hours before maddie and i were actually set to go so maybe we would have practiced but i kind of doubt we would have practiced in which case it probably would have been a three zero blowout so in that sense maybe i'm better off having not done it uh maybe that's possible um I've been saying excavate for Hidden City, but that the challenge I actually mean was evens and odds was the one mm. we cut in short. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, it ended up being, I don't know, it, it wasn't like a blowout in either of these matchups either. Yeah. Um, the, they were very close games and uh, uh, almost always came down to a single round uh, 
or I guess like we, I think what we imposed a 10 round maximum. I think that's mm-hmm. right. Yes. When one side reaches, oh no, 10, the 10th round is when you were guaranteed to switch to counting by threes. Uh, both, ra- both matches took nine or no, the first match took 10 rounds. The last, second match took nine rounds. And like you even had a scenario where uh, Darcy and Spenjamin won the first five rounds <laughs> in mm. their matchup and had a, you know, a 267 to zero lead. Uh, and then um, two rounds later, they were losing 267 to 330. Like it was, I don't know. It was a really crazy sequence. I've gone through it at least seven times now. <laughs> um, but I, I had a lot of fun with this challenge and it made counting more, less of a slog, which was nice. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say on the matter. I am realizing I don't think our tribe had any talks of throwing while we kind of were pretty settled on who we thought we were going to vote. Mm-hmm. I think that we didn't have any intention of doing that, but of all the challenges, this one would have been incredibly easy to throw. Absolutely. Uh, I know talking to Bramble, uh, they said that there was part of them... <clears throat> that wanted to throw this challenge and uh, to vote out court who they'd wanted to get out all pre-merge. And then as the challenge was going against Darcy and Spenjamin, like they kept making mistakes and they weren't trying to throw, but they kept wondering and worrying that Chaka would think they were throwing because of how timely some of these mistakes were uh, timely in the worst possible way but then you know you win <laughs> somehow and uh it all it all gets washed under the bridge yeah no one cares about your your <laughs> very inopportune mistypes that look like you're throwing if you do end up winning in the end right yeah i uh meg and i are watching um we're in the, the second contemporary season of australian survivor and uh one of the players on that season was intent on throwing a challenge and uh, the challenge was like swim around do some swimming um and then the puzzle at the end was like stacking sticks on top of each other around a pole so like uh like tic-tac-toe board shaped up to the top yeah like lincoln logs almost yeah except there's not they don't fit they don't like (laughs) yeah and so the, this person um, throws every part of the challenge except the end puzzle. So his tribe ends up at the puzzle part. Uh, I don't know. Editing maybe makes it seem greater or shorter than it actually was, but at a severe disadvantage. And then they still came back and won, barely. And so he has to do it a second time at the next immunity challenge and throw and that time he puts himself on the last the puzzle at the end of the challenge and uh, spends a lot of time standing there holding pieces of a puzzle in his hands, looking at the puzzle and not moving, um, which it's, I feel like, and obviously I have no experience in this, I feel like it would be so easy to throw most challenges in a way that is not terribly suspicious and every yeah. time you see it in the show, it looks so sus. It's so weird. 
and you've got Jeff Probst or Jonathan or whoever the host is calling you out on it because obviously you're not doing anything. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's just like you just pr- like put a piece in the wrong place and then you're like, oh no, I put it in the wrong place. And then you pick up a different piece and put it in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> like it's a, it's like a, uh, you know, it was like a vertical puzzle, but like don't stop moving. Just be frenetic, but frenetically wrong. <laughs> Yeah, or like get it halfway done and then oops I knocked it over I don't know how that happened <laughs> or like oh I accidentally knocked one of the pieces on t- behind it so now we can't find it I, you know there's so many ways to do it and and in the moment I guess because you've only been eating rice for the last couple of weeks people just don't understand how to do that you probably don't plan to go on survivor to throw challenges <laughs> either so you probably don't think to yourself oh I need to learn how to be good at throwing challenges so I guess that's true although you know, I feel like with the advent of 3D printing puzzles and all that kind of stuff, it's only a matter of time. The art of throwing a challenge. Yeah, that's a skill I think would be fun to be good at. All right, adding <laughs> that to the list of random things to learn how to do. Uh, so Waxler defeats Steph. Bramble and Chaco come from behind and defeat Darcy and Benjamin. Uh, Mirth wins the first two matchups. The third matchup, which was planning planned to be you and Maddie versus Court and SMM, does not happen because it is superfluous. And Mirth wins immunity, and Euphoria is heading to Tribal Council. You weren't trying to throw. Uh, you didn't actually even have a chance to, even if you wanted, individually anyway. Um, how do we feel about this outcome? I think it helps knowing that Merge is coming, And the fact that I still, for some reason, have some crusade against Nay. Granted, (laughs) I like to believe that had we gone, had this challenge gone the opposite direction, Nay is not someone that I would have, like, immediately thrown under the bus as soon as we got to merge. Obviously, that's a counterfactual that can't be checked, so maybe that's not true, but... It feels like it wasn't so much of like, a, I have to get Nay out now because if she's at merge with us, this is a bad situation. Like, I think having a, what did you say? A 7-5 advantage, mm-hmm. or so in that case, a 7-4 advantage at merge would have been better than a 6-5 six, five, five yeah. without Nay. But I think that I already didn't trust her. She had voted opposite me multiple times at this point and if you are going into merge it's nice to go into merge with people who you think will actually do what you want them to do um and so i don't remember like there must have been talking we must have told nay some name because i'm not in the habit of ghosting people uh, on tribal day but i don't know how that interaction went okay i'm trying yeah but i think it was it was honestly just like i had wanted to vote out nay the previous cycle taylor blew everything up so he became the vote right then we go into it but i still don't see any reason like if anything the taylor vote made me more clear that nay was someone who wasn't looking to work with me now i did you talk to nay yes so i don't know who she thought her allies were because i'm not sure who like from my own perspective i didn't know who she was working with so i don't know for her coming into that who she 
thought she was working with. Uh, well, I think she thought she was working with Lord Spenchman. I think she thought she was working with Taylor. I think uh, she never got along with Spenchman for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think most of her votes, her two votes uh, outside of the Taylor, uh, the Darcy vote at Taylor's tribal uh, are both for Spenchman. Um, I, yeah, I like think... She and I were talking every day, but I don't think we were, like, getting all that deep into anything. So... I think of all the people that were vote like probably of all the people that I voted out, she was the one who probably thought we were working together the least. But her biggest I don't know if that's fair. Her biggest DM channel that season was with Jordan. Yeah. Um, which Well you know, and Jordan voted had voted together. with her in the previous cycle. Yeah. Yep. So uh I guess not unreasonable to think that the two of them could be working together again still. But you know, you need four out of seven uh second biggest dm was with you third was with darcy but you know that doesn't really i guess none of those three actually mean anything because the three of you talk incessantly so uh i feel like had jordan said actually nay and i bonded last vote let's actually make spen the real vote like i'm not sure i would have fought that yeah like Mm. As we'll see shortly, <laughs> at the time I thought of Spen as much more expendable than he realized. Yeah, I did, which I feel bad about because I didn't realize that I had gotten his trust as much as I had. But I think I sort of viewed him as like, if for some reason we had gone to another pre-merge, like my thought is that had Taylor not blown things up and Nay had gone at the previous vote and then we had gone on to lose again and Taylor still hadn't blown things up, I suspect that it would have been Nay and Spen who were the other two yeah. pre-merge votes as opposed to Taylor and Nay. It's, real, it's interesting that I feel... I'm almost curious. Obviously, Nay has played a handful of these and, and I think had been playing a couple at the same time as Nexus mm-hmm. Park. And, um, you know, it, it, I got the, I don't know this for sure, but I got the impression that that was also kind of true for Lord Shamrock. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious for some people in, especially in this season, like Spenjamin and, and Nay and so on, you know, they, their biggest DM channels are with you and Darcy and Jordan for the most part mm-hmm. and i'm if you know if you're from us if you've played a few times before and no one in your previous seasons has talked to you as much as the <laughs> three of you did it I, I wonder if it can be really easy to just kind of fall into the assumption that like oh yeah we're working together why else would yeah. you spend so like the biggest dm channel i've had in the past like in a previous season had like a hundred messages in it. And like, we made it to final six together. Like what? <laughs> but yeah. now you're getting like a hundred messages with these people every two days in the game, every cycle minimum. And it really distorts yeah. your perspective on, on what's socially actually going on. I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up because it, in orgs I've played since then, I think I often, find myself building a bond with these people who others see as being less active or quieter. And mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of it just comes from persistence. It's like, no, I'm <laughs> going to make you talk to me. Like, 
you're quieter or you're not initiating conversations, but I'm going to force you to talk to me. But I do think that then it does create these weird imbalances where there's people who the conversation flows so easily with and who are giving and taking at the same rate as I am. But then there's also the people who aren't doing that, but I'm still putting in the effort to get them to talk that for them, it doesn't seem as imbalanced as it does. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Uh, That's an interesting observation. I think it, if not actually what's happening, like definitely feels like what's happening. (laughs) In some cases, um, you know, when you have uh, players in a season where their social presence, their ability to talk, their ability to just be online um, is imbalanced, uh, it kind of naturally creates a rift. Um, We saw it a lot in Hidden City where if you couldn't be online a lot, uh, you probably ended up being voted out. before other people regardless of many other circumstances uh and you know it it's it's a weird thing because it it's hard to it's easy i guess i guess i would say when you compare it to the show if this season had happened on an island and then it wouldn't matter what do you mean well, I guess more that like if it was an on, on an island, every this is what everyone would be doing. So there wouldn't be an imbalance in who could be. Well, I guess my point being that if we transplanted as much conversation as was happening in Nexus Park to the island, so you and Darcy are spending 20 of the 24 hours of the day talking to each other, and then the other four hours of your day are spent like hyper exchanging conversations with everyone else for the first like week or so of the game like that's a very different thing than somebody getting an hour of your attention and and having a really nice conversation and thinking like oh man i'm really close with this person yeah because there's no you don't have the ability to contrast that against this dm channel with darcy or with jordan or whomever that's 20 times bigger (laughs) or whatever the multiplication is so what if we make an org where dm counts are public that's nothing good... else about dms is public <laughs> but the dm counts themselves yeah i don't know it's an that, interesting I question know. i feel like that is probably a bad idea but it, i think yeah it's a good point and also the fact that you can be having multiple simultaneous conversations here which you can't be doing so it's not like, like whatever yeah. when you're on the show you can either be talking to one person or talking to a group, but you can't be having two one-on-one conversations right. at the same time. And so people don't also don't realize that like, you don't have to split that energy. And so they, they also don't have to feel like, oh, this person isn't talking to me because they're talking to someone else. It's like, mm-hmm. whatever, they're probably busy when they aren't talking to me, but when they are yeah. talking to me, they could be having... Seven other conversations. I'm the only person they're talking to, and if they're not talking to me, they're not online. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're just actually just going invisible so that they can talk to everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Um so uh before this vote happens, uh you are out exploring in the sub channels, and um I believe you've ridden 
the dashing rogue a few times at this point and have yeah. finally learned and uh, man this message link does not appear to go to the right oh there it is okay um you get you find uh noah's easter egg in along the path to uh accessing some uh some spy goggles actually didn't learn about the <laughs> rides command until the taylor vote mm-hmm. because somehow someone else i think taylor found it or someone told taylor about it and then jordan told me about it so i didn't even know about the rides command and i'm freaked out that you're gonna close the sub channels before we merge so i was doing some like hardcore searching and yeah the rogue i'm i'm forgetting exactly how it was set up there were three different things i could play right yes there play in quotation marks um since it's mostly just like reading a story uh but i'm pulling up the um you could you'd step into this sort of motion simulator thing and you could either watch a cocktail heist uh, lurking in the depths, both rated PG-13, and Debbie Muse in Lavatory Laboratory, rated R. <laughs> so I think I was just like, oh, I'll try these in order. Mm-hmm. And I did, I had finally learned by now that you need to transcribe things. <laughs> so I remember that I was transcribing as we went. And most of the time it was just an arrow, I think, to get to the next story. But at one point you had glasses and i'm like "Ooh, i like to click on emojis let's see what this (laughs) thing does um yeah and i i'm pretty sure i'm looking at my confessional it looks to me like it may not have worked the first time uh it may not have that is i definitely something we didn't test so uh i would not be surprised if it was something i had to like either ask you to do a second time or fixed and you were already doing it a second time so I didn't have to ask or something yeah it looks like we're having a whole conversation about it um but yeah I I I wasn't I mean we talked a little bit how I'm like I didn't really do that much command hunting which (laughs) in the moment I I thought I was doing a lot more than sort of in retrospect I was like I didn't go much deeper than the sort of base level of finding all the rides Mm -hmm. so i wasn't really looking at this point for anything in particular i think i was actually just looking for lore it was like oh i'm gonna go ride this ride and i'm saying here that i'm riding it every 15 minutes but i don't know why i would have wanted to ride it more (laughs) than the three times that it would take to go through each of the stories but yeah who'd have thunk Riding the riding the dashing rogue, and we accidentally find find some glasses, as you call them. Yes, spy glasses. Um, yeah, I see here. I think I fixed things. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Yes. Um, yeah. So these glasses give you the access, give you the ability to access one hidden channel of your choice for an hour. Hidden channels are limited to sub channels, DM channels that are within your own tribe. Um, they don't actually give you the give you the ability to access these channels, but more so give you a transcript of what happens within them during the hour that you wish to use them. Um, yeah, what did you think about this advantage and uh, the ability? I mean, to spy on people. I think I I saw it and I was like, well, I don't probably need this so much right now. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I think I have a relatively good finger on what's happening. I think I was excited that I found something that I could theoretically actually use, since at this point I knew the neural link I had found was going to go unused, at least in my, <laughs> on, you know, for, for myself. Um, but it seemed like something that would be useful for the future when there probably would be people, you know, having uh, conversations that I probably would not be privy to. Um, but yeah, I think the first thing was, oh, gosh. <laughs> um, was figuring out if I was going to tell people about it. And I'm honestly not remembering if I did or not immediately. I mean, ultimately, I think I end up playing it or I end up telling people about it. But oh, here, let's see. <laughs> I want to tell someone about it. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll wait till after tribal. It's a future issue. All right. Well, (laughs) so that doesn't answer my question as to whether or not I immediately tell people about it or wait to tell people about it. But I think mostly just it was the excitement of like, oh, I found something. Right. Again. How (laughs) early was this? Wait, could this have been found at the all the way at the beginning? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Day one. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know why I would have... But yeah, as I said, I wasn't really looking until I found out about the rides command because then I knew how to find all the rides that actually existed. But yeah, no, I mean, I think the biggest thing was, yeah, just like, oh, I found something like, isn't that so fun? (laughs) I don't know how in the world I'm going to use this thing. And I suppose like this feels like something that in a place where like in another org where you had alliance chats, it might be an interesting alternative way to use it. I'm also seeing, like, I didn't even think about using it on a sub-channel. I guess that's sort of the equivalent to using it on a alliance chat, if you knew for certain where a group of people were hiding. Yeah, or if you used it on, like, the lab. Well, but I didn't know the lab... Could I have used it on the lab when I couldn't myself get into the lab? I don't know. Uh, we didn't. We didn't have to answer that question. Uh, I feel like that would be the most valuable use of it in a sub channel, probably this season, since there wasn't a ton of strategy going on, and it's often hard to pinpoint when and where that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't want to talk about the lab. I mean, we'll talk about the lab eventually, but I don't want to talk about the lab. That's a sore spot. Um, but I, I think your Im- initial thoughts of like, yeah, I don't need to use this because my finger's on the pulse right now. Makes sense. Um, it definitely screams like, use this at the merge to get an idea of who's where on the other tribe or um, wait until you're about to blind sign. So blind side somebody and use this on their like dm with their closest person other closest person Mm -hmm, to you and mm -hmm. see if they figured it out or that sort of thing yeah i mean i think in a season that is structured around communication and sort of being able to communicate with people you wouldn't normally be able to communicate with it's fun that there's also sort of a almost reverse like you're not communicating but you are getting to sort of be the the eye in the sky and Mm -hmm figure out what 
other people are up to. So yeah, I mean, I think the main thought was like, this is cool. I'm glad that I have it as a tool. I will find a way to use it eventually, but not a, oh my gosh, I found this and I'm going to use it right now kind of situation. Yes. So um, I guess the only other thing of note that happens before we get to this tribal council is that the SMM Darcy uh, DM channel is Neuralink is set up um, sometime in between the end of the challenge and uh, when tribal council happens. Uh, did you, were you told about that as it happened or? I uh, want to saw, say um, yes, because Darcy knew about my Neuralink. But I don't... Oh, and at what point... We didn't talk about this. When... Because Maddie and Waxler ended up having one, didn't they? When did that one get set up? Because that one I remember saying, Maddie, I don't think we're going to need these. You and Waxler should get one set up with each other. Which was one of the stranger machinations that... That was right before the Taylor vote, I believe. Okay. But yeah, I, I vaguely remember Darcy telling me that SMM had set it up, but I don't remember knowing much beyond that. Okay. Uh, then I guess we get to this tribal council. Was there, I don't know, it, it was there any hesitation about this being the right move, this being not unanimous or anything along those lines? I think so. I think, I mean, I'm seeing in my confessional here that people were getting worried that the vote was going to be them but i'm not really sure like i feel like i felt like i was in control and knew what was going to happen and how the votes were going to break down Mm -hmm. uh well yeah a pretty straightforward 6-1 vote on nay pair of watch me whip watch me nay nay parchments uh so of course only showing one of those made sense and Nay becomes the newest member of the 12th place club. And you live to make it to the merge. Huzzah. Yeah, making merge. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw in your confessional the notion that surviving this vote <laughs> determines your HQ roll color for all time. Um, I feel like that's a that's really important stuff, and the color <laughs> is amazing. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, you merge from the blue Euphoria tribe uh, and orange Mirth tribes into a red merge tribe at your merge feast. So, the six people from Euphoria, Bramble, who you already had a neural link with, and then you get to join with Chaco Court. SMM and Waxler officially and uh, you name yourselves Eumerthia thoughts yeah we do well so we knew merge was incoming I had been thinking a few days or maybe a day or two previous I was like oh like we're gonna have to come up with a name like what would be good names well mirth and euphoria are like words related to like positive feelings that you can experience Mm -hmm. um so i'm like ooh, like we have to come up with a name i am gonna brainstorm names which you know (laughs) is on brand bird things um to have started brainstorming things but i do remember i was on a walk when the merge feast actually opened so i'm on mobile 
sort of outside so not like completely in a space where i can like be super overboard i like had the ideas that we could do maybe like bliss or harmony um because those seem like they're in a similar boat to euphoria and mirth but literally no one even responded to those ideas they just were like thanks for i don't even think people were like oh those are ideas no (laughs) no reaction i don't get a react on the message i don't get anyone responding to it then people start suggesting like the megs like i adore meg but we're not meg meg is meg we're (laughs) we're our own people and then i think people were like let's do vomit that sounds great because you vomit when you go on a ride and at this point i'm just like this is this is terrible i even i'm finding i'm seeing here that i said can i vote not a meme name please um but somehow i don't even know who suggests eumerthia is it spen yeah like it's spen um first name suggestion is benjamin saying eumerthia tribe which gets a thumbs up from Chaco. That's a couple messages above your bliss yeah. harmony ones. Of course, SMM asking to call the tribe SMM tribe makes sense. Uh, we could name our tribe after one of the hosts. We could be the Megs. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I can feel the pain in your voice. I just, <laughs> I knew I had been too controlling up to this point. Like, that was something I was trying to keep in check. And so, at some point, it was like, if you go too hard into being like, your merge names suck, like, hopefully no one targets you because you say their merge names suck. (laughs) But... But, like, is that a hill that it's worth dying on? I don't know. Everyone makes fun of Eumerthia a year and a half later. So... (laughs) I mean, Maybe it was a hill worth dying. <laughs> yeah, it and and like that's with a name that isn't quite as bad as Bioplasm, personally. Yeah. And I think that's a general consensus. I think there's the average voting thing somewhere. Um yeah, it's not I don't know. I think a lot of people, a lot of the viewers thought Merthoria was like right there. Um but honestly, any of the names that smashed Euphoria and Mirth together were meh at best for me. And I just don't know why you need to mash names together. <laughs> like, it seems like you were given names that are on a theme. I had just, like, <laughs> in Summit, I think from this merge tribe name voting thing, Summit is the clear winner for best merge tribe name. And I think I had seen that, and I was like... That's a brilliant idea. Figure out where the first two names came from and try to come up with something so that they are harmonious as a combination. I even think, like, Hydraken's, like, a little bit out there that they didn't just pick Hydra or Kraken, but at least, again, it was, like, sort of staying in the realm of, like, oh, we're gonna, like, think about what the prior names were and find something that is different but embraces the same concept yeah 
but something that is taking the names that already exist and just smashing them together. I was like, I just don't understand. I still don't understand. I need to go find Benjamin and give him a piece of my mind because apparently he's the one who... <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. I'm not, like, overly pressed about it. Like, obviously we've had worse names than Eumurthia. Uh, I will... But I kind of... It feels like while you're not saying it's the worst name ever, it feels like a very low... Um, what are we looking for? Uh, low effort kind of a name yeah. which is true uh you know you had it's what the i think it's only the the old second tribe merge tribe name that was created by smashing the names of the original tribes together after uh gemula at least that sounds like a word Eumurthia <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like a word i don't know at least murthoria Merf- <laughs> or whatever it sounds intense I, i'm just noticing here like at some point we couldn't decide on a name so chaco's like let's hold a vote and the only two names she puts on the vote are eumurthia <laughs> and megs i'm like who's gonna vote megs it's like yeah if i have the binary choice between eumurthia and megs like i'm gonna pick the one that isn't just a person's name but like where's the creativity the, the buff that I purchased or that I got from this season is the <laughs> Euphoria one. And at least like 25% of that is because I think that <laughs> Eumurthia is just a horrible tribe name. At least the names weren't on the buffs. Um... That's true. But it's just like in concept. <laughs> it's like knowing in my soul. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Um, I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm very uh, much of the consensus of Tenzing being a very very good uh, name for a merge tribe. I really liked Mojave as well. Um, yeah. I I this happens every every time I'm doing these interviews. Uh, the season immediately following the season I'm currently doing interviews for, I kind of just forget completely. Like I don't know almost any of the details about Invicta right now. But once I start doing the Invicta podcasts, I'm sure I will have no recollection of anything that happened in espionage, um, which was true going backward as well. So, like, I'm looking at Meraki, and I'm like, what the hell is a Meraki? (laughs) I don't remember that that merge name ever at all. I have no idea. Um, It's... uh... I mean, that was weird because there were no tribe names to choose from. So it wasn't like they had two tribe names to smash together. But... yeah. They had one tribe name. I think it was two to words. Inspire a different tribe name. Yeah, they could have smashed the two words of it. Yeah, but then yeah, like the espionage. Was it Verte? Vert? Verte? Like that's cool. Like that's thinking about like. I mean, I I don't know. I think that like we beat out Bioplasm. We beat out Greendale because Greendale feels similar to naming your tribe the Megs, where it's like. Here's some other thing that exists in the world that we're going to yeah. co-op as our name. But other than that, I think I put us on this ranking sheet as the third worst merge uh-huh. name. And it's funny because when people were having that conversation, people were like, oh, everyone's so biased towards their own season. Like, <laughs> if you look at it, everyone's putting their own season way higher than it deserves to be. And I'm like, meh. 
I don't want to be associated with you, Murthia. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I only agreed to it because it wasn't vomit and it wasn't the Megs, which for all the Megs of the world, I would like to repeat, I love Megs. I just am not Meg. <laughs> and therefore, <laughs> naming our tribe the Megs makes no sense. <laughs> no, it's it's a fun... I I really like the notion of going to bat so hard for the merge tribe name that it affects when you get voted out or your potential relationship with other players. Because I would say to this point, I've never seen it in Alliance happen like that. But I think it'd be really interesting if it did. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for, you know, we need we need like somebody like Zach to come in, come back and just just be so adamant about some sort of anime name that he refuses refute he he filibusters merge until uh, he gets what he wants. That would be. But fun. you require majority, not unanimous, right? I mean, so. usually, yeah. But I think I. I mean, that's true. But I would also say that if one. I don't know, like, would you really be willing to vote a name through when somebody is loudly, vocally arguing against that name? Or, yeah, I don't know. Especially if it's your closest allies. Like, if if Darcy know. was here and messaging every five minutes about a name that she was super passionate about, that you hated, and that most people hated, like, I don't know, that would be really interesting. Yeah to see how that all I resolves i'm just clearly i'm still harboring resentment <laughs> about how that all went down and when it's all said and done i mean who cares it's the name of a role that i have in a server and i got pinged with that role what 20 times or something at least but like that's the extent of it like i never have to think about it so the fact that i do think about it probably is <laughs> even worse off yeah. than I'm creating the trauma for myself is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, there are a lot of people who will refuse to let people live that down <laughs> and it'll, I just wonder what if it had been a private vote? <sighs> I mean, you might end up with Megs in that case. You might end up with Megs. It might have been it's worse. Right, it's really a social activity. It's a, yeah. You vote for a name not only because it's a name that you want, but because it sends a message to everyone else that you're either willing to be agreeable or, oh, my ally's voting for it, so even though I think it's terrible, if they want it to happen, I guess it will. But Eumerthia it is. Eumerthia, Eumerthia it is, and Eumerthia you shall ever be. Um... Until I play in the, another alliance season and i forget that nexus park ever happened uh fun facts um the 11 people who merge in nexus park uh majority of them are not he hymns um for i believe the first time ever and perhaps since at least at the start of merge question mark um it's good times, good times. <laughs> we we love the balance we were pretty balanced at the start of the season, right? So it was just a matter of we voted out uh, one or two more he-hims. Well, there were 
Is the only non he him. Oh, was, was Nay the Nay. only one? I think so. Wow. So even at F12, you had um, four he hims, six, seven she hers, and a they them at the time. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Hmm. Love to see it. Uh, Sorry, Nay. <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> I'd have voted out Spen just to like bring <laughs> all of the non men to merge. Uh,. So, you've merged. You're now one big happy family. Your Neuralink has become a DM channel. Everything is sort of normalizing. Uh, yeah. All of your initial previous sub-channels have been condensed into one Euphoria sub-channel. All of the Mirth sub-channels have been condensed into a Mirth sub-channel. And then we've added the Arcade for your uh, enjoyment. What do you do first? What? How do you... What's your kind of first couple hours after being merged that you actually get a chance to do stuff that you what do you do i mean i think we all flood into the arcade <laughs> and initially are like oh there's nothing here this is weird why did we need this channel the rides <laughs> command doesn't even work here oh but there is a cute rambo bot well that's cute um i don't think we found skeetball originally because i think that it was found that night and someone told me about it the next morning um but I remember being like, this arcade channel seems kind of irrelevant. I don't understand why this channel exists when clearly the other two sub-channels have more going on. Um, we did find... So maybe we did find Skeetball because we did find all of the prizes. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess getting to chat with everyone, getting to you know, meet Chaco for the first time, meet Court for the first time actually have my first ever one-on-one -on -one conversations with Waxler and SMM. I mean, I guess Wax and I had talked in the uh, the Space Cadets, but talking with him again, actually meeting SMM after he and Darcy had been palling it up. Um, but I don't really have, like, memories of that first night, so I suspect that it was me going, you know, doing the whole socialize with everyone, get to figure out who everyone is. I, I don't think, excuse me, that Court yet had spilled the beans about everything, but relatively soon therein. I'd been hearing from Bar Bram all along that Court was kind of on the outs, but then Court admits to it herself and probably embellishes, but I'm a trusting bird. If If someone tells me something, they're clearly telling me the truth right no one would lie no one nope no lying allowed but yeah i don't i don't really have specific memories from that night i don't think that i went to the mirth side that night um though it's possible i did i i, I still thought that i like was someone who would be known for being in the sub channels despite the fact that in retrospect that's not really the case but i was a little bit worried about like going in there too quickly and having that be some sort of target um but obviously excited to go hear the audio on the other <laughs> side that was nux Lair and shan and shan yes so i mean at that point well not at that point I still don't really know Nux because he's not around. So I was like, it's cool that this Nux guy is doing this thing, but that doesn't really 
<laughs> mean so much to me. It was fun to see Flair having just watched them play the previous season. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, having seen Shan play Summit, it was exciting to see her as well. Um, I remember being really confused by, I think it was Coaster Corner, because all of the other rides had multiple responses, but Coaster Corner had fewer responses because there was more audio. Is that possible? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like every single one of the coasters had. Yes. One, two, three, four, six audio clips. That sounds correct. Um, so at some point I ended up finding all of those, but I don't think that was out of the gate here, but I'm just seeing that I have all of those saved but i think yeah i remember being like there's so little to do in coaster corner compared to all the rest of these but relatively speaking there's probably more to do in coaster corner <laughs> if there's six by what is that six like eight by, or so yeah so there's some 50 audio recordings but definitely that's less than what's happening anywhere else yes i remember doing the skype call with uh with nux for that and going through all the because he, he created most of that himself. Um, being, the roller coaster guy, right? Yeah, being the roller coaster savant connoisseur <laughs> that he is, um, which was a lot of fun. And uh, he did a lot of neat things. He created, uh, I think, I my, mo- my main directive to him was like, it takes place in the future. So like at least one roller coaster that does something that would be impossible with <laughs> real physics and, and technology that we have access to, which became... Um, magnetron i think yeah um but yeah he was super gung-ho to record as much as i asked him to do which was great um yeah so those were cool i I remember collecting those getting to sort of see shifty sector and sort of i think the big thing about these was we had been i knew the names of a decent number of the rides already because there was some ride on both sides where we could see the ones on the other side, right? Yes. So it's looking like on the other side, was it Discovery Sky? That sounds correct. And on our side? I think one side it was an observation tower and the other side it was a monorail. Yeah. So I think we had whatever the other one was. But anyway, I had some list of names of what to start looking on the other side but i knew the rides command at this point so just sort of going through and figuring out what was actually going on on the other side i think my favorite because you could also find the names of all the rides in some ride that gave you stickers or something yeah push the button yeah but i can't i'm blanking on what oh the super slide yes i think uh no maybe not that one well anyway one of the ones you got to push the button and it gave you a sticker so that was i think originally how i had been collecting the names of the oh there we go it was the fun house um mm-hmm. had a button that you could press and that would give you names so that was the other way that i had been collecting names prior to knowing the rides command um but yeah it was fun to you know discover all the things uh, figure out what was actually going on there i'm looking at my notes i've got like really intense notes for each of the original sub channel areas 
but as I said with the arcade, I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, arcade, my notes are literally just skee-ball, air hockey, prizes, nook, tree. There's no <laughs> note of what the responses are to those commands. I clearly end up finding more commands than that. But I don't know. I, I guess I just had sold the arcade off as being a waste of my time and energy besides playing skee-ball a lot. <laughs> yes. Dang. That's where all the fire-making questions were going to come from, too. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. So yeah. glad. Yep. Um, no, I mean, it was... Obviously, you wouldn't be able to use the rides command in the arcade because they didn't have any rides. They were all games. Uh, yep. Arcade games. Uh, and you could play skee-ball, like you said. If you... Uh, mathematically speaking, you had, like... I forget the, the exact percentages, but um, I have it was, the percentages. It was pretty straightforward and easy to get a score of a hundred. Um, yeah. I think there was even a, me a mechanism, and I don't know. I think every option had a ten possibility, so there was no. It wasn't a guarantee anywhere, but it was very, very likely. I think in the in in the second, third, and fourth uh, rows that you yeah. threw the ball down. So get a hundred points, get a token. Um, I think, did we actually say that it was like one token for every hundred points? Maybe? You may have, but I don't think it was mathematically possible. You'd have to get well, really lucky on the outsides, basically. Yeah, because yeah, it looks like lanes one and five, you could throw a hundred. So, yeah. if you got really lucky, but it looks like it was maybe like 15% or something. I've, I've got my stats That's... here. and <laughs> That sounds about right. Uh, I think I have them here. I know at some point postseason, I asked you how close my numbers were to the real ones, but because I tried to balance them all out, um, so I think oh, so that the yeah, like it looks like the means in all of them is like twenty three or something. Yes, I think it's a fourteen percent chance to okay. hit a hundred, and so on, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, so yeah, you get. Get some tokens. If you have five tokens, you can buy a prize. And there were 30 prizes, I think. Yeah. And uh, each prize could be taken once. If you had the five tokens roll when you did it, it would uh, send a message in your confessional with a picture of the thing you, of the prize you got. Oh, no, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> I sent the message. <laughs> and then um, if there was anything else, I would add that to it. And so yeah. your first prize was a cute little puppy dog that came with yeah. an advantage. Well, I asked Jordan what number I should pick, and she because I got <laughs> to five first, and she said, "Well, you should do thirteen because it's Taylor Swift's favorite number." And I said, "All right, that's, <laughs> that's a reasonable true. enough reason to pick that number." Sure. I don't know if you randomized those things, but we did, yes. So it's not that you just let Meg put it behind number thirteen. No, uh, we had, I just made a, you know, randomizer zero to 30, one to 30 command. Mm -hmm. Meg did it, got a three. I did it, got a 27. Meg did it, got a 23. I did it, got a 21. She got a 10. I got a 13. And then she got a 20. And those were all the prizes. Hmm. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> so it wasn't even that I said, oh, I'm going to pick number 13. I just got lucky. But yeah, 
which is the point, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> if Basically. anything can be blamed on luck, it's <laughs> the, the choice luck. of yes, the choice of uh, arcade prize. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so your vote advantage gives you the ability to know the first two votes that are cast at tribal council. So you, I'd say, go vote, and you'd say. I want to use my vote advantage and I'd say, okay, the first two people who submitted their vote cast it for X and Y. That's it. Yep. I think it was another case of the glasses where I was like, woo, I got something. I don't know how I'm going to use this. (laughs) Not really sure. I'm still not really sure what the best use case is for this. You haven't, it has not shown up as an advantage that has been found in a season since, right? Correct. Was it, had it appeared in a season prior? Um, I believe it was an option for an advantage prior. Let me see. Because uh, I know that Jack got an advantage. Mm. Yes. So in in the first season... Jack got an, a, a modal advantage mm. where he could pick three between three different options. Option number one is the closest thing to um, uh, what you, I think, have. Privately be told who votes for the player of your choice at the upcoming tribal council. Mm. Similar. Option number two, have the player of your choice's vote be publicly revealed at the upcoming tribal council. Mm. And option three, privately see the player of your choice's vote as it happens at the tribal council after the next one. Um, hmm. So he got to pick which one of those he'd wanted, and I failed to follow through with that like three times in a row. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I think like, you know, obviously when we created this arcade system, we didn't want to just have like two half idols as prizes. We wanted there to be a bunch of different things. Yeah. Uh, and so the more things there are, the lower their respective power level kind of ends up being because that's just kind of how it is. We don't want five idols <laughs> to be found from this arcade. Disappointing, but understandable. So you had the two half idols, you had final three information, you had two pieces of information on how to get into the laboratory, you had your vote advantage. And then you had the advantage detector that Bramble ends up getting, which tells you if a player has an active unplayed advantage of any kind, but does not say mm-hmm. what it is or how it, what it does. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's not very powerful, but, it, and I think it's hard, even less so than the, the glasses, it's hard to manufacture a scenario where it gains more power, but it mm-hmm. can be that little piece, that little, little extra reassurance you might need in a tricky vote to to make sure you know what you're doing if you had an idol and you thought that the other side was voting for you then you could have your ally and yourself withhold your votes (laughs) because you don't know who they're voting for then you could withhold your votes see Mm -hmm. where the other people are voting and know how to correctly play an idol yeah potentially maybe I think you later on tell me that you don't always announce the order that the votes are cast. Correct. Uh, correctly, which makes sense because then it's probably too much information. Yeah. It, it, it kind of varies from one tribal council to the next. Sometimes if I'm really on top of things, it will be that order. Other times it'll just be me going down the confessional list 
and yeah like all right this person's votes in i'll put their name this person's in um and so on yeah but but i don't know i was excited i think i immediately told jordan because obviously she'd picked the number um i'm not sure that i told darcy because jordan picked the number probably um and I think you told people when the numbers like like was the image changing to show when things got picked or uh clever updated the image um as okay. she was able to with like x's on the ones that had been taken, yeah, but it wasn't instantaneous because I think that I got to five tokens and nothing had been claimed yet, so I could have been the first person to take something, but I'm not sure that. I ended up being the first person to take something when it was all said and done. I'm not certain uh, as far as... Because, like, you and SMM are the only ones who found... Uh, are the first two who find a thing mm-hmm. prior to the advantage. And then other things are found after that. Yeah. But I, I don't recall if there were any duds found in the interim. Uh, so, speaking of challenges... Let's talk light cycles. I like light cycles. I would like to play it again now that <laughs> I understand how to play it. Yay. That's that's always what I want to hear. Well, so you had one you had the boost. Two boosts per person. Yeah. Yes. But for some reason I somehow misunderstood the boost. I'm forgetting how um, that was. Hmm. But I'm remembering that that was... So, let's see. It's a 22 by 22 board with 11 people on it. Uh, You all started on the third ring in from the outside uh, on a location of your choice. And you had two boosts. Uh, So normally, in a round, you would move two spaces. And you could not turn two spaces in a row. Mm. So if you turned... On your first move, you had to go straight with your second move. And if you had turned on your previous last move in the round before this, you had to go straight with your first move on this. Um, if you used your one of your boosts, instead of moving 1-1 one, one on your turn, you would move 2-2 two, two for a total of four squares. And you would bust through any trail uh, that was, you know, in your path and not be eliminated because running into a trail meant you were eliminated otherwise. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that was uh, perhaps not as clear was that you could use this boost to end a move on a space that was a trail and not be eliminated. Um, Mm -hmm. I know at least one person was mildly confused by that. Um, But otherwise, it's just kind of a game of avoiding everybody else for the most part yeah i'm looking at my confessional it looks like the other small piece i misunderstood was that it was like a doubling of the movement as you said like a one one would become a two two Mm -hmm. and so you told me i couldn't then immediately turn after like if i did two in one direction two in another direction i couldn't then turn after that i had to do one more space yes and so i think that was like a small piece that I I mean, obvious. I, I, I doubt that that one piece of misunderstanding <laughs> actually made all that much of a difference. I think the other piece is I didn't realize that we could go all the way out 
to the outer outer row mm-hmm. so i think there was some strategy to trying to just stick to like hug the outside mm-hmm. um but instead i went directly into the fray <laughs> of everyone else how did we we got to pick our starting positions if i remember correctly but i don't remember what the order was uh i don't think there was any particular order you just it was just first come first served yeah so if you wanted to start uh, i think we probably would have said you can't start adjacent to somebody else but otherwise it's fine um and so we had like two or three people on every side ultimately and uh yeah this is there's a lot of strategy to it but definitely a social challenge as well Mm um what i don't know I imagine at least part of the goal for you was to win, but were there any other additional, uh, like, I don't want to mess up A, B, or C, or I, if I can, I'd prefer a, X, Y, and Z don't win, any of that involved? really think so. I don't think we'd really had vote talks at that point. I mean, I had told Bram that I was willing to work with them, and then obviously had my allies from my old tribe but i don't think it was like oh like this is someone that i definitely am going to want to be the target therefore i need to make sure they don't win but also it wasn't like oh i definitely need one of my allies to win either so i think it was just like a i would like to win because winning is fun kind of situation (laughs) and i will do whatever it takes to try to achieve that yes fair enough uh, we get nine rounds in before our first elimination, which is Maddie, who runs yeah. into Jordan's trail. Uh, 13 rounds in, Court crashes into Darcy's trail. The next round after that, Darcy and Spenjamin collide. SMM crashes into Steph's trail, putting us at six. Jordan and Bramble crash into each other, which leaves four. Uh, Waxler crashes into Spenjamin's trail, down to three. And in round 19, uh, you crash into Jordan's trail. I think I knew as we were nearing the end that I was trapped. So it was just a matter of yeah, when I was going to get out and not if. Like, hoping that whoever was still in was somehow going to not... Like, hoping that someone else might make a mistake, but not so much thinking... Like, knowing that other people had... A route to a win that i didn't have unless they messed up right uh your elimination left chaco and steph uh i forget exactly there was like another four or five rounds after that chaco kind of worked her way into uh this corner and steph rode all along the outside um and uh, had a lot of clear space ahead of her even when the challenge was over could have gone at least at least another three or four rounds i think this was the one where it should have been any like it it should have been more competitive at the end than it actually ends up being but i'm forgetting why that is but for some reason i remember someone blocking someone uh i don't know i do remember smm kind of calling out steph's win yeah in camp um which I don't know that Steph, I, I don't know. I think Steph gets to that answer eventually, but I don't know if she explicitly knew it um, yeah. in the moment. 
but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. But good for Steph. Steph was probably of all the people who weren't me, one of the probably least objectionable from my standpoint. Like she wasn't someone that I was ever going to want to target. Like it wasn't someone from the other side. Like it was just, it was a Steph win, which was a great thing. Steph's great. And (laughs) Steph winning a challenge is great. It's true. So Uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about this vote. You've got a six, five euphoria numbers advantage. You've got a bond with Bramble. Uh, Steph's immune, but I, as I think I've said with most of the others who've I talked to to this point, like I don't think that really impacted the uh, trajectory of this vote all that much, except to no. prevent somebody who it could have impacted from winning. Um, how do we how do we land where we do? So yeah, you bring up the connection to Bramblecat. I think that. I, at this point, genuinely was invested in trying to get some sort of me, Darcy, Jordan, Maddie, I guess. Because we had, like, right before Merge, we'd, like, gone into the sub-channels and we're like, yeah, we'll be (laughs) a tight four, even though I knew full well that the only thing keeping that four together was the fact that I wanted it to exist but i so i was invested to keeping that together and i knew that bram in some order was invested in beans wax smm so but probably smm as the lowest priority of the other three at least was how i interpreted it and so i was at least going into the vote invested on sort of okay we'll start with this strong eight will ride that eight to F eight in some order and then go from there. But then I remember people like, and so we had agreed on spend, which as I meant, as I mentioned earlier, like I didn't realize that he actually genuinely like trusted me as much as he did. I also felt like he, you know, wasn't as tight as this other group. And so sort of was like, that's fine. But then, and so had told that vote to the Mirth group, whether I told them directly or I told Bram and Bram kind of disseminated it, I don't know for sure. But I remember being like, yeah, that's fine. I think they went into the sub channels to discuss. And then somehow our side started getting suspicious of SMM. I worry in retrospect that it was at least somewhat meta gamey not so much on my own account as far as i remember but i think i remember people being like well smm can be pretty sneaky and it's like how would you know that we literally just met smm knowing smm now yeah he's sneaky (laughs) he was like yeah he totally would have been sneaky but like he might have been sneaky in a way that actually advantaged us because i don't know how like, I'm sure he would have voted out Waxler in a heartbeat. I'm yep. sure he would have been willing to cause chaos in such a way that advantaged us. But I think we were worried that he was going to get sneaky. We were also worried about leveling the numbers, um, sort of wanting to keep 
uh, euphoria, ad numerical advantage. Um, yeah. And so somehow we sort of started whispering about that, but let the other side believe that Sven was the vote to the point that they had that conversation in the sub channels where they're like, I can't remember what they said, but they didn't know that Spenjamin was lurking. Right. And <laughs> yes, correct. Said something and Spen comes back and he's like, Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> they think I'm the vote. And I'm like, Oh, that's the first I've heard of that. <laughs> knowing full well that I'm the one who had given his name to them. I know that this is what they're plotting. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing that, you know, that's what we want to do. Um, and then this, at this point, Court had started talking to me. She's like, I'm on the outs with the rest of the group. I'm like, I totally hear that. Sort of, I guess, deciding that she's probably not going to leak back to them so i do end up telling her that we're voting smm here i don't tell bram who i've been talking to since day one but i do tell court who i've literally just met two <laughs> days ago as one does. um yeah you know average normal everyday things i also think that bram was having some stuff irl so i feel like immensely guilty about like Bram was having a bad day to begin with. And then we were like, mm -hmm. yeah, this is a great time to blindside people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just sort of deciding that SMM seemed sneaky and possibly suspicious. I just remember like that whole day feeling guilt. Because talking to SMM, for people who have never done it, like, talk to SMM one-on-one -on -one before, is just, like, a strange but extremely amusing experience. I just remember we were, like, sending weird gifts back and forth to each other. We were just, like, <laughs> being kind of silly. And the whole time I'm, like, feeling this, like, like my stomach is just like feeling like crap because I'm like oh like this is someone who like he's telling me that he loves me he's like sending me gifts saying that we're friends sending me like a hug gif I said like he's one of my favorite cats <laughs> and just the whole thing being like am I really gonna vote this guy out he did promise to me though I think in our probably one of my shortest DM channels because it was the person I voted out within three days of actually being on a tribe with them, which was shorter than anyone else. He did tell me I could be a host on Yesterorgs. So one good thing came out of that DM channel. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I feel like weird guilt about that. <laughs> He has gone on record a number of times for saying that he thinks I'm the only person who voting him out was actually good for. <laughs> but I'm still not sure if it was good for my... Like, I was going to vote him out eventually, but I'm not sure that it had to be then and like that. I guess the question would be, if not then, whether you could have voted him out, right? Sure. Um. I think, and like, 
I've never watched SMM play anywhere else. I only know SMM as the person he is outside of as outside of orgs, uh, which wasn't very dissimilar in my opinion to how he played this game. But uh, whatever. Um, I feel like he could have. I feel like he would have been a bigger thorn to pretty much everybody uh, than like even Waxler ends up being for you down the stretch. Not that I think, I mean, I think he would have been competent in most of the challenges, but just like, I don't know. He, he had a very, you know, he was very close with Jordan. He was very close with Darcy. Um, I think, you know, he had Bram and Chaco and Waxler, or at least Bram and Chaco, believing he was close with them as well. Um, yeah. He, you know, like you said, he you liked him. <laughs> um, yeah. He definitely was putting himself in a position that would have been very, very strong. So I think, you know, if you get to maybe like final eight or nine with both of you in the game, I think that would have been a really interesting <laughs> couple of cycles to see just who could have wielded more power um but uh fortune uh fortune did not want us to have that yeah. <laughs> that showdown i think he's also one of the few people in the game who actually would have genuinely thought to throw my name yes like we had a decent number of org veterans in this game we see a lot of them go pre-merge but he's one of the ones who does survive to merge and i think that that ability to see the game from that perspective i think would have helped mm -hmm. and he's just yeah he's incredibly smart and able to you know think about things in a way and not be blind like i don't think he would have been blinded to my charm in the same way that pretty much everyone else was to some extent i mean i'm not gonna say that like oh i charmed everyone and they didn't <laughs> see anything that was going on but right. i think that he would have been much more wary of it from yes. the outset I, I'd, I'd agree with that for sure. Uh, yeah, I think I think he could have filled uh, kind of like a Spencer role on the season mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in, a, in a way like, a, a, you know, a, a Spencer that's more social <laughs> with everybody, mm -hmm. I guess, um, which I think this season would have called for. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, it would have absolutely have been entertaining. Not that what happens wasn't, but uh, it would have been entertaining in a different way. Because I think... I think I'm just sad I didn't get to play with him. Like, I know that it's completely by my own doing. <laughs> but, like, because he is sort of this wild character and having gotten to know him much better since the game ended, like, I'm sad that basically... Uh, I mean, somehow, even in the three days we were together, it looks like our DM channel is 300 messages long. Um... But like, yeah, that like I just didn't get a chance to really get to play with him. It was a very parasocial relationship. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a longer DM channel than the one you had with Nay or Shamrock. But I think that says a lot more about SMM than it says about anything else. That no, he is also willing to have <laughs> send messages that are three words long and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we can even see in his DM with, with Trip, like, he's not afraid to keep talking to somebody who won't talk to him, you know, um, which is an attribute you sometimes need, 
in yeah. this game. So, uh, with this being the course of action we're taking, what, if any, um, I don't know what the word is, uh, how are we covering our ass, I guess, when, when this vote goes for SMM? Or aren't we? We really hope that if we apologize to people, they will believe that we mean it better to ask for forgiveness than permission absolutely that and like you know i was fully willing to actually let spend be the vote the next time it was more about a numbers and being afraid of smm thing and i think also sort of two pieces of spin that i i mean i believed but also i think are it's not fair to not call them spin. Um, one was, it seemed to me like Bram was least invested in SMM. So it was sort of like, oh, like, if my allies were going to target one of your allies, like, at least they went for the one that you weren't as close to. And then two, well, you had already told me that SMM was being chaotic. I think I knew that SMM had voted Waxler, either from Bram or from Wax. Um and I think that it felt like the only person I really had to damage control was Bram. Now, that's not completely fair, because I think it probably also made Wax and Court, or sorry, not Court, Wax and Beans wary of me. But I never felt a need to, those weren't relationships I was actually invested in for my own sake at that point in time. It was like, I'm invested in these relationships because Bram wants me to be. Hmm. So I'll apologize to them. But if they don't take it, I don't care so much. Okay. So, so. what's damage control? Damage control is <laughs> saying, oops, sorry. Uh, I know that you're already sad and I've now blindsided you. Blind, blindsided you. But I promise that um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, sure. Um, so let's let's... Let's get to this. So, eighth tribal council of the season, first one that everyone gets to attend together, and one where, uh, because there are these lines, these imaginary lines in the sand, and tribal divisions, and you've got a group of people there that you've known the whole game, and a group of people there that you just met a couple of days ago, realistically speaking. Everything at that first tribal council, that first merge talk council, is usually a little cagier than normal and so on and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know, you are voting, you and the rest of Euphoria are voting for SMM, but you can't be that, you obviously can't say that or imply that because there are people who think you're not voting that way, that you don't want to necessarily know because maybe there is an idol over there that you're not aware of maybe they do have an advantage that could change the outcome if they had all the information uh so i don't know did you get any feeling during tribal council that there was anything else going on or did it all seem to kind of be falling into place as you kind of dictated i think it just felt like everything was Falling into place. I mean, I think this was probably one of the first times where it felt like there was actual genuine risk that I could be getting blindsided because it wouldn't be that hard for, 
you know, if if Spen wasn't as connected to me, like I wasn't sure how much he actually trusted me or, you know, I love Steph, but it wasn't like we were ever talking strategy. Like, I think at this point, I'm not even sure we discussed a vote. Like, at some point, we talked to each other and we're like, I guess we've never talked about a vote together, but it seems like we're always <laughs> voting together, so I guess it's working. But, like, I think it would have been easy enough for the other tribe. If if there was some universe where Court was actually working with the Mirth folks, it would not have been that hard for them to find one person and flip it. For some reason, I was stressed it could be me. In retrospect, I don't know why. Like, if that had happened, I don't think I would have been the name that they would have agreed upon. But I think it was the first vote where it was like, okay, there's some real risk that I don't have control here. But I think pretty much there were very few moments in this game where I was thinking to myself, oh, I don't have control oh, whatever I want to happen or think is going to happen isn't going to happen. For better or worse. <laughs> For accurate or inaccurate. Yeah. No, uh, pretty much happens as planned. Uh, there was, I know there was a bit of concern uh, leading up to the vote that there could be an idol from Spenjamin and after Spenjamin learned that his name was out there, uh, um, whoever Spenjamin would have voted for could have gone home if it had been a 10-1 on him. So there was a split from the Mirth side uh, onto court. Um, so we end up with six votes on SMM, all Euphoria members, three votes on Spenjamin, uh, which were Chaco, Court, and Waxler, and then two court votes, which were Bram, SMM. Spenjamin is voted out in 11th, or uh, SMM is voted out in 11th place. SMM becomes the first member of the jury. Yep. Exciting. It's fun. Good times. Everyone's happy. I just assume at this point that SMM's vote is going to whichever mirth person makes it to the end. <laughs> um, like, you don't find some side someone like that and assume that they're going to do anything else. So the plan works. And like you mentioned, the only person that really either that, um, that you felt uh, particularly needed to have done, needed to do damage control with was Bram. Yeah. And uh, it's not the first time question mark, definitely not the last time period uh that um there's damage control being done with people in this game uh and that that damage control isn't is is fairly emotional uh so uh, i guess from a from a game perspective how did did like did this particular interaction you know immediately following tribal council with bram did it affect any of the way you approached things moving forward was it something that you know you're like oh consequences of my actions have come back to haunt me uh perhaps my actions perhaps i should think more on the actions i'm taking or 
approach them in a different direction or a b c d or whatever um or i don't know how did that affect you i feel like if anything it proved that i could talk my way out of a sticky situation like because clearly i don't take it to heart to be like oh like this is something i shouldn't do instead it was like oh I blindsided the person who's probably my number three in this game. Like, I was looking back, and I had been trying to do trust rankings, and Bram was, like, solidly the third most trusted person I had in the game. And I blindsided them, and then was able to pretty much mend that relationship, as far as I could tell, within, like, a day or two. And so if you can, like, blindside one of the people who trusts you the most and regain that trust, in some ways I think it was almost like, well, then, who cares? People will... It, it almost feels like a license to keep doing it, which is horrible. I mean, it's it's not like that's something I'm proud of, but I do think that, like, in many ways it was like, well, if it worked this time, who's to say that it's just, like... Like, why stop doing it if it works? So you come... And it's just a game. It's just a game. <laughs> Who cares? Like, whatever. <sighs> like, when it's all said and done, haha, we schemed and connived. and But we're just players in a game. So, who cares? Did it still feel that way to you? It's clear that I was... There's a lot of talk in my confessional right before and after this vote, both figuring out what I'm going to say to Bram because I know that they're going to be unhappy, like trying to figure out, do you preempt that than saying things about how sad I am about SMM. I mean, it's never going to feel like a game when you're in it. Even if there's like a little piece of you that's like, whatever, it's fine. Like, no, I don't think it actually felt like it was just a game at this point. Oh, I said I wanted to be a hero, not a villain. That's cute. It's true. I um, still do. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'm, I'm curious to kind of try to put these thoughts together. That because I, I agree, it does. I, I there's this weird contradiction happening where I believe you when you say that this didn't this particularly this interaction and you know others that we'll get to um they don't feel like it's just a game and Mm -hmm. there are real emotions genuine emotions at play that are people are being hurt uh by this quote-unquote game and that it matters and yet i also uh maybe uh, uh to your to your chagrin believe that you come across, come away from this full experience thinking, oh, I could do this again. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you, you know, I, I don't know whether or not the bird bramble cat relationship before the SMM vote and after the mending of the fallout is perfectly the same, um, mm-hmm. but it's certainly still, you know, a relationship a friendship something you know two people who still want to work together etc so how i don't know how do you it's it's how do you hold both of those things in in your hands at the same time 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that, like, it's like, you know, people talk about, like, are you a heart player versus a head player? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a thing that I get. I, I just find a lot of conflict in my own approach to these things. Because, right, like, with this game in particular, but I think every subsequent thing I've done since then, like, part of the reason you're playing is because you want to make friends and build community. And when it's all done, you want to come out of it with people that you like talking to when there's no game there. But it's like you're building the friendship in the moment. And so that's the personal piece. It's the piece of like, okay, when this is done, I want to, you know, have made friends. And so the only way to do that is by connecting with people during the game and then hoping that those maintain it. I think what's hard is I've still never been the one blindsided. There's only been one game I've ever played where I didn't make it to the end. So I like I've been blindsided in the way Bram was there, I guess. Like I've had it where I was down in the numbers that I didn't expect to be. But in those moments, it is stung. But I actually think I forgive the people who have blindsided me on the grounds of it's just a game. But I feel much more guilt about having committed those same sins isn't the word, but having made the same actions towards other people. I don't think any of that really answers your question. I don't know how you hold those things at the same time. I think that that's part of the excitement of playing orgs in general, is the fact that somehow it both feels real and completely unreal at the same time, and it feels like, oh, any choice I'm making, it is just a game, and when it's all said and done, it shouldn't matter what happens, because whatever, we were just players playing a game. But because you're playing as yourself, even if you're playing under an alias, like, whatever, even if I'm only Bird online, that doesn't mean Bird isn't me. And that doesn't mean that, like, the person who is making these choices isn't me. And so it is this complex feeling of, like, yes, it's a game. Yes, I'm a person playing a game. But the other people I'm playing with are also people and frankly i mean that's something that i've been wrestling with from this game and onward is how do you play the game and both how do your interact your actions affect others and how do you let them affect you i think i'm much better at the how do i let them affect me part than i am at the how do i affect others part it's it's not i mean this is a game that's it's designed to put you in those positions, right? It's set yeah. up in a way to force you into an uncomfortable situation where you're, you know, to use the head and heart uh, analogy, where your head can tell you, like, all right, I just got to do A, B, C, D, E, um, but bada bing, bada boom, I'm at the end, I got seven votes, I win the prize yada 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 no harm no foul i'm a champion and then your heart kind of chimes in with like well wait a second hold on before we do all that um 
you know, when you do A, it's going to make B, C, B and C a lot more difficult. And you're going to ruin your relationship with this person. And it's going to make this person not like you anymore. And it's going to make this person to be really upset at you. But, you know, so you have to be prepared for that. And then you get this, you know, this tug of war between like, okay, well, do I do it anyway? Can I re- like, you know, can I recover when I make that kind of a decision? When I impact people that way? Can I, or do I need to think of a new strategy, a new plan where, you know, yeah, maybe I have a more difficult path to the end, but I hurt or have the potential to hurt less people along the way, or I have to betray less people, I guess. Um, or do I try to betray people that I believe won't be as affected by that betrayal like you know this is you know when you're looking at the list of people who uh make the merge in nexus park you've got maddie and court and smm uh who have played a bunch of orgs before uh who have probably been blindsided a handful of times in the games that they've played before nexus park and then you've got waxler and steph and bram and chaco uh, and Darcy and Jordan who haven't played or have only played once or twice and aren't super familiar with that feeling, haven't had that experience don't really know what it's like. And it's not, not that it's really anybody's job to like know that much or be thinking that far or that deep about it. But I mean, at the same time, like that's part of the game, right? When you get to the end, you, the more you know about the people sitting on the jury, the more you know about the people you're playing alongside with throughout the game, the better you can maneuver yourself within it. And so while, you know, like you said, you're the, the fact, the idea that SMM would vote for you if you'd gotten to the end after this blindside seemed crazy, and he does. Yeah. But, and like, so his feelings about that blindside eh, not that big a deal but bram who uh, you know obviously is blindsided in their own way in this vote like takes it in a very big much bigger deal to them Mm -hmm. and you know to an extent chaco and waxler as well um i think i think that you know some of the more you know, rippling repercussions of this vote for you are, I think it probably ruins any shot you really had of working closely with Waxler. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he ever trusted you fully after this. Not that I think he ever really trusted you before it, <laughs> but I think yeah. the the bond that you had with him through Bram went away. And so um, I think that makes that a little more difficult um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like that, that could have been really bad for you. <laughs> one, one immunity challenge result changes and, you know, that could be a very different story, but it ends up working out this time. So it is just funny to me. Like it felt to me like, yes, like it, it, it definitely hurt Waxler and it hurt beans, but my impression of the dynamics of that group was that smm was always the number four and that like if they had done the same to maddie like i would have been upset but it was like maybe people were just more expendable to me than they were to others but like if you had blindsided 
the fourth person of my alliance, I would have said, well, that sucks, but oh well, we figure it out. And so when I blindsided the fourth member of their alliance, I saw it as like, a, oh, well, yeah, I blindsided you, but like the person we voted out, like, oh, well, it wasn't like, oh, I got rid of beans. <laughs> I think, I guess, and, you know, I remember talking with Bram about this and my my personal feelings, like if I were somebody in one of, in the position of Bram, Chaco, Waxler, whatever, like, I think it's less about, oh, you took somebody that maybe I'm not super close with and more about, oh, you know, we've, in Bram's case anyway, we've had this Neuralink DM channel since day one. We have been talking every day this entire season, as long as I've had the ability to talk to SMM, as long as you've had the ability to talk to Darcy, etc. Um, we've, uh, I, you know, to a certain extent, like been planning to work together if and when we end up on the same tribe together. We have a connection. And the first opportunity that the two of you have to work together you stabbed me in the back, metaphorically, figuratively. And so, you know, it wouldn't have even... I I don't know how far you could stretch that analogy to say, you know, oh, we did actually vote out Spenchman, but I know I had an advantage that told me that your vote was for SMM. Like, that probably Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. But the fact that, oh, yeah, we're going to work together and we're going to vote out Spenchman... This, you know, not that you've been planning to vote as Benjamin for like 18 days, but you've been bonded for that long, never had to test your uh, allegiance to each other. And the first opportunity, you pull the rug out from underneath it. So I think that kind of build up is particularly for Bram is is Uh, kind of more so what mattered as opposed to the fact of the, the literal brass tacks of like smm was the person eliminated like even if it had been that we voted court who brim has no actual connection to but if we had voted court without telling Bram, right it probably would have hurt equally as much well maybe not equally as much but more than you would expect at least yeah yeah but i think in the moment that was how i was justifying it to myself for sure i i can i can understand that so, um, a very uneventful merge vote occurs, and uh, we are down to 10 people. One more round, and you get to the single digits. It's exciting. We're getting close to where I was, li- like, I was only ever gunning for Bread's placement. I was like, I'm just going to play big and loud, and that's okay. Yeah. Someone's going to come for me. My time's going to come soon enough. So, every vote is a good vote, but at the end of the day, it's all going to catch up to me and that's fine. I think that's part of it too. That's part of what justifies all of this in my mind at this point in time. It's like, I always assume it's going to catch up to me eventually. And so it's like, I'm going to play as big and loud and do as many big things as I can because eventually it's going to catch up and it will have been more fun to just like go ham than it will have been to just sit by and let things happen passively. Interesting, because yeah, I think on the surface level that feels like a fair way to kind of gauge that. Because the odds of playing a big flashy game and having it work slim. 
very slim. Uh, so I, that's that's a good point, absolutely. And you know, like I've talked about with, I've definitely talked about it with Bram. Um, might have come up in the Chaco interview too, but like the number of times in that talking, at least especially talking with Bram, where we got to the point of in conversation, and it was like, oh, like, and then we let them get to the end referring to you like why why did they do that it doesn't make any sense um and uh, yeah i don't know it's it's, a it's very not like strange... i won like obviously we're at the beginning of merge it's not like i won key immunities when someone was about to no blindside me or something it's like i won immunities which were fine i didn't hold an idol that i was able to like without in the key moment it was like purely yeah. just that I was willing to play big, and for some reason, no one <laughs> stopped it from happening. Right. I think, and I, and I think we've seen this in subsequent seasons as well, where, and I don't know, I don't remember anyone in this, in your season, specifically saying that they were, like, using you as a shield or anything to that extent. But I think we've seen it in the few, in later seasons where if you, where people... I think we'll just take it like one or two steps too far in using a big threat as a shield (laughs) and then it's too late. And it really, to me anyway, kind of calls into question that entire strategy (laughs) Mm -hmm. to to a point. Um, And so I don't know if there were people who were doing that this season. Um, It didn't feel like it didn't. I I don't remember anybody post-merge mentioning a shield I, like court and steph and waxler weren't doing it um chaco bram darcy jordan like i don't think any of them were thinking that way really so uh i don't know what excuse they have <laughs> yeah and i i mean i think at the end of the day i would rather be a shield than use someone else's a shield it seems more fun to be the big flashy one who gets voted out mm-hmm than it is to absolutely no makes sense so uh i saw in your confessional a couple of comments about you know going out in 10th there's a lot of good people who are in that club um my time is coming it's gonna be now (laughs) kind of you know woe is me post tribal thoughts um so uh did that mean you felt a particular sense of urgency with this immunity challenge, the carousel? Uh, I thought that I still was willing to vote Spen the next time. So the only sense of urgency I felt was, let's make sure that Spen doesn't win. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I guess I, I'm my only hope. I'm my last hope. Um, so so had... no, not inherently. Okay, okay. Uh, we'd run a challenge like this in the second season, Musical Chairs. This time it's a carousel, so you're getting horses instead of chairs. Um, each round, there'd be one last thing, then there were people, and the last person out would be eliminated until we got down to one person. So we started out with, just use the command, my horse is, and then a color. <laughs> um, pretty straightforward, and... Uh, Steph grabs the last horse and eliminates Jordan, who wasn't online at the time. <laughs> so, pretty straightforward first round. Uh, also, throughout the challenge, there were fun facts and mm-hmm. gifts and things that had no 
relevance. Uh-huh, um, no relevance whatsoever. <laughs> uh, second round was spelling words backward. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other part of this is that, like, in the first part, first round, everything's like my horse is white, black, blue, green, yellow, orange. Um, there's really no varying difficulty. And then you start to see a little bit of a difficulty spike. And uh, as, you know, the first option for the backward spelling words is mirth, which is five letters. Mm-hmm. But then you get down to stuff like conviviality and masquerade and tchotchke, which are far more difficult to spell, let alone yeah. spell backward. Um so there's a little bit of things ramping up if you're not fast. Yep. Uh, you grab one, two, three. You're the fifth person this one this time with masquerade right before Maddie does it. It looks like. Oof. Um, and then. Well, because the other thing here is not only are some of them harder, but it's also a guessing game of which ones other people are going to go for. Right. Because I it looks like. Well, okay, so Spen does grab Mirth first, but, mm-hmm. like, it's not like, like, if you grab the first one, that's maybe a bad strategy, because someone else is going to try to go to the first one, but then if everyone's using the strategy of, oh, someone's <laughs> going to go for the first one, then... It's a mind game. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to keep track of what's been taken, so you're not wasting your own time. No, try to not go after things other people are going after, and then by the time you're on like the third or fourth thing now you have to like scroll up the page just to get to the commands uh which is more of a hassle and then you're missing people who are doing things below you Uh, it can get a little chaotic um this is of course the round where it we'd learned that darcy doesn't know how to spell things backward um darcy doesn't know the meaning of the word backwards (laughs) it's true (laughs) uh um Sends multiple words forwards, even after saying, oh, I can't read the rules, sends another (laughs) word forward. Ultimately, Darcy is eliminated this round. Big bummer on that one. Um, We are down to eight. We get a fun fact about Charles Lindbergh. Was this all automated or were you triggering this on a back end? I was triggering this on the back end. Okay. And then, and I was keeping notes on these because <laughs> I have learned my lesson after yes. Space Cadets that if you're randomly giving me fun facts and gifts, I guess maybe that's relevant. Yeah, maybe a little. Maybe. Um, so with eight people left, we and we did this mm-hmm. in the previous version of this challenge as well. You, we put a box in front of everybody, and mm-hmm. the first person who wanted to take the box could. They'd get whatever contents the box contained and uh, would also be forfeiting the challenge in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, Court snaps up the box in a couple of seconds pretty easily. Um, given the fact that you wanted to defeat Spenchman, but knowing at this point that there were still eight people left, so his odds weren't the best, um, was there any consideration to take the box? Uh, no, because I like to win. Okay. But you could win the box. Yeah, but what's a box? Uh, a key card? Yeah, I'm aware (laughs) that it's a key card that probably would have made my life a whole lot easier. But winning challenges is fun. A challenge like this is, like, the total kind of challenge that is my, like favorite kind of challenge like space cadets where it's like doing different little tiny tasks 
mm-hmm. and being able to do them the fastest. Like, if I see a challenge like this, this is the kind that I want to play through because I think it's one that I have a decent shot of winning. And who doesn't want to win a challenge? Winning, winning something just by saying take the box is so much less climactic than <laughs> winning something by having been the longest to survive. That's fair. Uh, so Court takes the box and is out of the challenge. We're down to seven. Um, I don't remember what the prompt would have been if no one had taken it. Because uh, oh. we did have a final eight prompt. Um, but... You all suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the seven prompt is math. And so here we have one plus 10 as the black horse command all the way down to the green horse command of the sum of the white and yellow commands. Oof. So, yeah. Um, Spenjamin grabs that first easy one. You do uh, the red horse one ninety nine. Looks like Bram gets the yellow horse. Uh, and then Waxler gets the green horse right before... Well, not right before Steph, because it doesn't... I don't know how long it would have taken Steph to get the right answer, but before Steph, who is eliminated in seven. Mm. Um, a gif, another fun fact, and then the round of six is to correct the spelling of various ins- misspelled words. Misspelling, Terrible. intelligence, privilege, quarantine, and perseverance. Um, yeah. It's uh, funny, because you were talking about them sort of increasing in difficulty i would say that quarantine after having been in <laughs> under lockdown for what a year and a half at this point like yeah whereas misspelling i'm like i don't know what your duplicate letters granted <laughs> in all of these cases i love that my laptop has a suggestion bar for things because i can't spell <laughs> so um it doesn't really matter as long as I can get pretty close to the word I want to spell. My laptop's going to tell me how to properly spell it. Yeah. Um, Chaco gets perseverance right before before uh, Maddie can. So Maddie goes out sixth. Uh, or, yeah, is finishes sixth in this challenge. Um, down to five. And with five, you just had to type the command that was a group of specific type of animals and naturally you typed a group of birds yeah as i as i should (laughs) i mean imagine if you hadn't been able to get that one that would have been really sad it's also the only one that i know off the top of my head yes i (laughs) i think that's fair um yeah a murder of crows a conspiracy of lemurs a train of porcupines and a caravan of camels. No, a prickle Beautiful. of porcupines and a caravan of camels. Um, Spenjamin grabs caravan before Bramble can get to it, and we are down to four. I don't understand why people weren't split-screening this challenge, especially after you saw the first couple of prompts. Like, I'm pretty sure I had Google open at this point. So had I not gotten murder... <laughs> It would have just been a question of how quickly can I Google collective noun lemurs or something. <laughs> or, I mean, it looks like Wax got that one, but. Yeah, I mean, your message is at 9.58 p.m. So is Spenjamin's, which is the fourth one. So, yeah. like, I mean, if, if you didn't have murder, Spenjamin would have. 
so you probably would have been on the person who gets caravan potentially i don't know um, yeah it wasn't a ton of time though yeah but i don't know if Bram missed this round yeah because they're just not here to react at all yeah i'm not sure um hmm. a couple more gifts and then <laughs> with four people left here's another gift box uh this time nobody takes it and actually you said earlier that was i tempted i think i was more tempted at this point yeah than the first one how come because somehow it was like oh i've proved to myself that i can make it to the final four Hmm. might as well like there is some benefit to just taking it and if it weren't for some desire to try to make sure that spen didn't win i think it would have been more tempting Hmm. because if you take this we skip the round of four we jump to the round of three which would have been i mean spenjamin was faster than chaco yeah but it would have been waxler here so either chaco or waxler is eliminated i'm guessing um probably chaco so it becomes spenjamin versus waxler at the end um and uh, yeah i don't know how quick on the draw they would have been in that last round so i don't know who's to say um the round of four was based on the earliest previous things in the season the first second and third people voted out of the game um lord shamrock swahi and trip were the names used this is where waxler's eliminated more fun facts and here's where all the fun facts uh come into play with three people left the black horse command is the u.s state where you'll find the world's largest carousel and the white horse command is the last actually stood out to me the carousel (laughs) one because my family has a cabin in wisconsin so of the like four states that had you just picked something that had one of those four states in it that might stick in my mind you just happened to pick one of them so a little luck goes a long way yeah uh and then the name of the aviator was Lindbergh, which spenjamin gets uh knocking out chaka beans so now uh you know crack knuckles um yep knuckles. <laughs> we get down to the i mean this is the situation we talked about where if spenjamin wins uh all of a sudden uh we got some issues right um and you're the last line of defense to prevent yeah. that from happening. So, uh, I think I know. I'm pretty sure I, I snowflaked this when I talked to Spenjamin, but I forget how long it takes you to respond to this answer if snowflake. Well, what happens is I'm sitting in my bed or in my kitchen, and I am really hopeful that I remember the year of the season correctly and I ask my Alexa to convert that to <laughs> Roman numerals. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, it takes you about 18 seconds from when the message yeah. is posted. So um, I think Spenjamin said that he he was just starting to type it in when you sent your message. So it wasn't that... It was, it was pretty close, I think. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Um, but you... You beat him out by some number of seconds to claim the final horse and win another individual immunity. Wait, second individual immunity win, not to brag or anything. Yeah. How'd it feel? I mean, I just think it was, I was more excited about beating Benjamin than I was about <laughs> actually winning for its own sake, which is kind of a bummer because, as I said, this is like 
totally my kind of challenge. Yep. Like it was the kind of thing that I was just excited to get to win. But um, yeah, I mean, it always feels good to win a challenge, especially when you don't care about threat level and all you're trying to do <laughs> is just play really hard. So, uh, so um, in between here and when we get to the vote, uh, is when you find your half of the immunity idol in the arcade. Um, Jordan had already found hers a couple of days prior, so which I'm, I think you'd already known about. She and, told me yeah. soon after. I don't know how immediately. So you find the other half, and uh, there you go. Thoughts? Yep. Well, Jordan had told me about it, and... For some reason, I was like, yeah, I can send this to Jordan. I think what, let's see, you send it to me at 9.54, my time. Yes. Which is whatever. So what is that, 11.54? <laughs> yes. Six minutes later, I ask you to send it to Jordan. <laughs> so clearly there was very little thought in my head of anything other than let's make this a full idol. Yes, you, um, you lost possession of it within like eight minutes or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think as with any of these, I mean, at least this one was something that actually felt useful. I think I was telling Jordan more things at this point than Darcy. Darcy didn't know about Jordan's half and didn't know i think even that i found a half i think i just found it and then gave it to jordan i don't think i told anyone else about it immediately um yeah i don't know i mean it, it it's a little hard to be with both this and the last advantage like wow like it's so exciting that i won that because in both cases it's like yeah i just played a fuck ton of ski ball so that every morning I could get a new prize every 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And I happened to pick a good number twice out of whatever you said. There were like five or six things hidden. Uh, I think um, seven. Yeah. So a little under so, one in four. Yeah. And you got advantage, blank, blank, advantage, blank on the five prizes you claimed. So better than average yeah i mean i think at the end of the day it felt like it was like oh i sorry i'm just noticing that you sent me a photo of the combined idol still but i don't know why you did i assumed jordan asked me to do she so. must have asked you to yeah. yeah um but yes i was like yeah sure that's fine i trust jordan she's not gonna do anything bad with it this is when one of the many times that i got the ire of the lounge for saying but you should let me hold it at some point <laughs> so that i can say i held whatever number of advantages or idols for the stats yeah you certainly did say that i don't know if chasing stats is something that i get known for and it's not entirely unfounded but it's also like it was at least somewhat tongue-in-cheek, I'd like to believe, even if I did actually believe it. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, she's not giving it back to me. This is the end of the world. And it was like, 
that would be silly, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you end up at least at the time of Nexus Park happening, you were the only person to have obtained, and I need to update my stats for terminology, yeah. but obtained four advantages um, in any way, yeah. shape, or form. Um, those being half idle, vote thing, goggles, and the neural link. Yeah. Um, since that time, um, we've you your record has been usurped by Logan, who f- has found slash obtained Terrible. five things during espionage. The audacity of that man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think you're still tied for the record for advantages held and advantage and non-idle advantages found slash obtained um i think that's so still still you know not the best but you know yeah that's okay you're still on that you're still on the page for sure yeah (laughs) splitting hairs um so okay you you know one of you know you're like you said uh, i think Tiny chance Jordan blindsides Darcy here by idling Spenjamin, blah, 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 blah. What, I guess, what actually did you think was going to happen with this idol in Jordan's possession? I thought we'd hold it together. And at this point, I'm still believing in this big, happy, now seven group (laughs) of me, Darcy, Jordan, Maddie, Bram, Wax, Beans. And once we get to F7 that the idol will be useful at that point in time. Okay. And since Jordan found the first half, I was fine letting her hold both halves. Because, I mean, why we needed to combine them immediately, I don't know. (laughs) Why not just hold the two halves separately until a time came that it made sense to combine them, but... Yeah. uh... Uh, But it is now a full idol. It is... Jordan's idol, and uh, that's how we will proceed. Um, Jordan also finds the final three information that day. And what is the final? Just that it is a final three? Yeah. Oh. I mean, at this point, kind of goes without saying, but yeah, you never know. Um, oh. I forgot what happens later in this vote. Uh, hmm. So let's see. So, all right, so this is the vote where um, we are now offering Spenjamin up to the Mirth players as mm-hmm. recompense for the SMM vote, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, was, as you kind of said, it took you maybe a day or two to kind of resolve that circumstance. Um, I don't know. Did it feel like this was a a move that they kind of had to do like they had to go along with you if they wanted to have any chance of making it deeper into the game or was this something i don't know was they just kind of did it feel like this was happening as easily as it should have yeah i mean i guess it it felt like they were convinced that i was being honest this time (laughs) i don't know why that's the case um but it felt like they trusted me and 
were willing to actually go ahead with a spend vote this time. I think at some point there does become a fear that he either is... I don't know if it's a genuine fear that he has an idol, a genuine fear that Jordan's going to use the idol to save him, but I don't think it's that because we do end up splitting the vote. Right. But I don't know if that was my own fear, if it was like a to make Bram feel better that in case something crazy happens, it's okay because we split. I genuinely don't remember why that comes to pass. Yeah, it it was a very, it's just kind of a strange, uh, I don't even know, like just blip in yeah. this vote. Because um, my only non-perfect vote all season, so I feel a little bit. <laughs> yes. Or whatever, not perfect, but it's the only vote that I cast incorrectly. Because um, obviously there was concern about it at the previous vote when they split yeah between Spen and Court. Uh, so I am, imagine there was some lingering concern there. But also I have to imagine that at some point someone said, well, if he had something, he probably would have played it last time when he knew we were targeting him. But yeah. that didn't happen. But maybe he found one in the last three days. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Yeah, it's tricky. Because I don't remember, like kind of like you said, so many people... Most most of everybody was just kind of like jumping in the arcade, playing some skee ball, and that's all they were doing in sub channels at this point. Um, but obviously, Spenjamin was one of those people. So yep. uh, you knew that there was an idol that could have been found in the, or at least two halves of an idol that could be found in the arcade prizes. No telling yep. what else would have been in there. Um, and I think by this point, Spenjamin had claimed one. Two, had claimed two prizes from the arcade. Okay. So, uh, better safe than sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. And I think I was still feeling some guilt. I'm like, Spen clearly likes me. So if we are going to split the vote, it would be nice for me to not vote for him. Somehow it makes me feel somewhat absolved of the guilt, even though <laughs> I've basically been planning for him to be the vote for the last two cycles. I've used his name as a decoy twice pre-merge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's fine. If I don't actually vote for him here, then... No harm. Yeah. Yeah. So you and Bram decide to vote for Steph. Mm-hmm. Poor innocent Steph. Poor innocent Steph. <laughs> um, the only two votes she receives all game, as yep. it turns out. Uh, Spenjamin is going to cast his vote for Beans, Chaco. And then everybody else is going to vote for Spenjamin. Yep. Uh, poor Spenjamin gets blindsided by his top allies in this game. Oops. And goes out in 10th place. Dun, dun, dun. Bad times for Spen. Second member of the jury. And here we are uh, at final nine. And if only Nay was still here, <laughs> there would be a very, very lopsided number of he hims. So hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but we're about to change all that. So, oh no. <laughs> um, so I guess to wrap up this cycle, it looks like this is Bramble found um, an advantage their their advantage in the arcade, uh, which was the last thing in the arcade, and that is the advantage detector. Um, 
which I know they said something about like, well, I can't use this on bird because I know they have a thing. They told me about it. So it won't even tell me if they found something new. Best yeah. case, that best it would tell them about you is that whether or not you'd used it yet, basically, um, yeah. if that. And so uh, ultimately it goes unused during the season. And somehow I find out that they have it. I don't know when they some tell me that. At some point, they tell me, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. So, that brings us to the round of nine. Um, mm. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. we're going to start out with a reward challenge, uh, which is touchy subjects. Oh. I guess, now that you've played a few times, I imagine you've played touchy subjects elsewhere. Um feelings on touchy subjects in general as a challenge i think it's a fine challenge i think i have always no maybe that's not completely true i often will throw it as i end up doing here yes i think that um the answers themselves are fun because they're revealing of you know what everyone thinks about everyone else in the game but then it's also revealing if you're able to win and Mm -hmm. i don't so much mind the first revealing aspect because there's not much to be done about that but even if i could win i have never felt a desire to so how do you which is funny because what were you gonna say well that's i think you're gonna go to the same place which is how do you square that with this uh insatiable desire to be competitive in everything else why what makes this not that it doesn't feel like it's the kind of skill that i like to flex like people already know that i'm immensely social which i think is sort of the more ironic part is like people already know that i have a usually a decent pulse on what's happening so there's like not so much of a reason to um to hide that given that it's not like i'm hiding it in any other scenario but it also just feels like it's not the kind of thing that like makes me get going and feel like oh my gosh this is something that i'm so excited to win like the parts of me that are really excited to win things are the parts of me that like wants to be fast and solve something quickly or wants to like see the parts of a puzzle and be able to like put them together correctly rather than the parts of me that's like yeah I can show that I know what everyone's thinking like I don't need a challenge to be able to prove that to myself the game itself has proved that enough to me by this point that I don't feel a need to actually prove it with the challenge win if we'd run this challenge similar to the way we did it in summit mm-hmm. um would that have mattered i think pretty much every other way you've run touchy subjects i wouldn't have thrown <laughs> i think i would have genuinely tried on the summit one i would have tried on it's not touchy subjects but the um hidden city social standing. the hidden city social standing i wouldn't have tried to throw that yeah um i'm trying to think if you've run any other ones in seasons i've been spectating but it's specifically the part of the challenge that is your public answers are revealed and then you get credit for that 
that is the part that makes me want to throw it because every answer you submit can be scrutinized. Yeah. Whereas whatever in the summit one, it's not like you're guessing who got it most. You're just guessing about yourself. Well, that's whatever. If you do well on that, that's great. But it's not like someone's scrutinizing your answer to every question in the hidden city one. You didn't reveal what people submitted as their answers to the individual ones. So, I mean, yes, it got revealed who they put down as the answers to the questions, which I guess is almost like having your private answers revealed here. But in that way, it feels like it's less about revealing your private thoughts and more about revealing what you think everyone else thinks and revealing that. I mean, obviously, that's what the public answers are meant to be of this version as well. But it stresses me out a lot more to reveal individual names as connected to individual questions in this manner than it does in other formats. Um, so uh, additionally, uh, unlike the previous, the other two we mentioned from Summit and Hidden City, uh, those were both for immunity. This is for reward. Um, and yeah, given... I also didn't care. <laughs> Given what the reward was, um, perhaps even better to not win it, potentially. Um, but let's let's examine some of these answers because that's always fun, especially Woo. when you were the answer for like fifty percent of it. Um, As you do. Who is the most likable person here? Uh, Court, Darcy, Jordan, and Steph all put you down for this one. Why? <laughs> I don't know. They just did. Yeah. I mean, you're private. You're whatever. You're trying to guess what other people think, not what you actually think. Well, I mean, in their actual responses. Oh, for their actual responses. That's even more surprising to me, though. I don't care about majority guesses. That's not what I'm interested in. that's fake news anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Who would you like to get stuck at the top of a Ferris wheel with? Uh, Court and Bramble both put you for that one. Oh. That's I nice. put Bram for that, didn't I? Maybe you, both yeah. of the first two. You put Darcy as the most likable. Oh. Um, who would you trust most to watch your kids slash pets? <laughs> Maddie put you for this one. Oh, thanks, Maddie. Yeah. Who is the most underestimated? Mm-hmm. How could you be answered for this question? Somehow you are. <laughs> Maddie put you down for this one. Maddie just is underestimating me. I, I guess so, yeah. Which is odd because he, like everyone else, puts you down for who is in control of this game. Exactly. Underestimated, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're underestimating my ability to continue to wreak havoc for the rest (laughs) of the game. I I guess so. Uh, (laughs) Who do you trust the most? Mm -hmm. The only person who put you for this is Darcy. Mm -hmm. Surprised? Mm Mm-hmm. Not particularly. I mean, I think that I knew that Jordan's trust in me was slipping at this point. But that's the question that obviously leads to the most conversation after the results are posted. So, Because I did, if you can throw your private answers, I did throw my private answer on that one. Mm -hmm. Because I put Bram, because I was unwilling to make a choice between Darcy and Jordan. Yes, we end up with two Darcy's from Steph and uh, Court, we have two, or is that the only one? Two Chacos from Waxler and Bram. 
and then a Jordan, a Maddie, a Bird, a Waxler, a Bram. So everyone's all over the place. Yeah. But uh, who do you trust the least? Nobody put you for that one. Um, number nine was who is the best liar? Mm. You and Jordan both get three votes for this. Uh, you mm-hmm. put each other, and then uh, Maddie and Court also put you down for best liar. Valid. Yeah. Um, question, who can't keep a secret? Who is the most chaotic? Who mistakenly thinks they are in control of this game? You didn't get any answers for those. Who is most likely to stab you in the back? Bramble said you. I mean, <laughs> surprise, that's surprise. valid, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't argue with that one. <laughs> Um, who would you most like to blindside? Uh, Beans and Maddie both put you down. Hmm. Surprised by that? Um, I'm mostly surprised that they didn't follow through with it because I knew that Beans wanted to. Mm-hmm. And maybe Maddie just never thought he had the numbers. Yeah. But it seems like, no, that doesn't particularly surprise me. I just think it's weird that well, maybe not weird. I think it's a shame that they never talk to each other about it because it's kind of their loss. Yep. And then who is the most dangerous to sit with at final tribal council? Six votes. Six votes. Six uh, votes. The two people who don't put you down are Chaco, who says court, and Waxler, who says Bramble Cap. Um, I think Bram is ultimately way more dangerous to sit with than i am but i i would agree i think <laughs> at this moment in the game uh bramble would have been a much scarier yeah opponent in that scenario but but whatever yeah there's but, a reason bram had to go eventually <laughs> yeah um so um like you said you threw the scoring portion of this uh by putting yourself down as every answer almost didn't even work (laughs) yeah uh did you consider that that could be the case it wasn't about not winning it it was just about not winning it honestly if i had won by putting myself down for all of them that would have been fine really yeah okay well we i don't think you told us what the reward was no i didn't in that moment having if i had won it would have just been another win but everyone knew that i threw Mm. the throwing is more about the signal it sends that i'm not going to play by your rules and tell you what i know about other people's thoughts Mm. than it is about i genuinely want to lose this challenge interesting or so i tell myself perhaps because so because like the way i revealed results was this is the question this was the top answer or top answers and these are the people who got the full points for it, right? Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, if, say, let's say you're trying to win this. And mm-hmm. as it turned out, you ended up getting full points on, like, I don't know, five or six of these questions, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to win, you maybe get full points on eight, nine, ten, eleven, some number. Mm-hmm. Um I guess, like, what do those three, four, five, six, you know, additional indications change? Because that's the only thing that anyone else would know. 
Yeah. Well, one, I didn't know how you would reveal results. Sure. So there was no way of knowing for sure that you weren't going to show the full results or something closer to it. And I don't know, because sure, there were some that I won, but some of the ones I won were tied ones, or won in some sense of the word, whatever. I put down the one that was most maximally submitted, but had I, like, I wouldn't necessarily have put my own name down for those ones inherently. I'm thinking, like, question nine, who is the best liar? Like, it's unlikely that I would have put my own name for that if I was actually trying to win. It turns out that that is one of the correct answers. <laughs> but it's not that, like, because I, I did make a list of if I was playing for the points. I don't know. I assume it's too hard to just plug this in and score it. Like, we'd have to do it manually to actually um, do it. But I mean, if you just read them down, I can... Do yeah. that pretty quickly. Okay, so I put myself for the first one. Yep. Then Bram. Yep. Bram. Yep. Uh, Steph. Okay. Court. Yep. Bram. Yep. Bird. Uh, wait. You uh, put... so Bram for control, myself for trust. Okay. Continue. Uh, Jordan for trust least. Mm hmm. Court for the next three answers three myself for mistakenly thinking they're in control of the game okay jordan for stab in the back mm -hmm. and wax for blind side and then myself for the last question okay so uh, i think i maybe do worse than i actually did we'll see um so i think uh can you give me the first five again yeah bird yep bram Bram. Yep. Staff. Yep. Court. Okay. Yeah. So you would have gotten 28 points. So I would have done worse. One so. point worse. So <laughs> <laughs> to me, again, not playing, never done it. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like anything was gained. I, yeah. Except, I guess, in some sense, if you hadn't actually done the work to like do real answers, you could say, like, oh, well, I didn't waste an hour... <laughs> doing yeah. it but you clearly did put in whatever amount of time it took to come up with real answers so yeah uh, uh <laughs> i don't know um it is what it is uh i'm not going to complain about it yeah. because <laughs> people can play however they want to play it's your life uh, yeah so okay you finish in dead last um stressing it uh <laughs> <laughs> rude <laughs> Uh, with 29 points, uh, Maddie yeah. 30, Jordan and Steph 33, Court 36, Chaco 37, Bramble 39, Waxler 40, and Darcy 41 with the win. Uh, most possible, most points possible if you got everything perfect was 51 points. So Darcy got just above an 80% hit rate on that, which I think is pretty solid. Um, but everyone did better than 50. So, well, that's good. Even without making any effort to do well. Yeah. And that's... any effort to do well would have done worse. <laughs> um, so, Darcy wins reward, and her reward is a hot air balloon ride for three oh. hours. That sounds oh. really fun to me. 
in the real world, 100%. No, I would hate it in the real world. (laughs) Um, So, so in light of that, I said, I tell her, hey, a a trip in the hot air balloon would be better with somebody else. And Mm -hmm. so Darcy goes into her confessional and it's like, Bramble Cat. I said, Amazing. Perfect. Yes. So Darcy and Bramble Cat going to go on a hot air balloon ride together. And then I said, I don't know if that's quite enough, people. Uh. Um, pick somebody else. Darcy in her confessional, like, cursing me out for making her pick another person. Um, but ultimately picks you. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about this? Bad. Tell me about it. Well, so I think we had already, Jordan and I had already started talking at that point. Oh, in the whole um, game? Yes, in the whole game. <laughs> no, about the results of touchy subjects. Mm. Um, because we were sort of mid-discussion when Darcy was like, picked my name. And Jordan was already upset about what I had or hadn't put in my private answers. <laughs> which, it's a big jump to assume what people's private answers are when you can't see them. But such things had happened anyway um particularly as i said related to that question seven of who do you trust the most she was like well two po- people put darcy so clearly one of them was you and i was like nope it was not me um i put bram which i don't know maybe that's still a bad answer but then darcy's like i'm whisking you away and I'm like, oh, no, which I don't know why I didn't say back to Jordan. Well, only one person put me down. So clearly you didn't say that you trusted me the most. So why does it matter if I didn't say that I trusted you the most? Also, who cares? No one is 100 percent honest, even in their private answers. So but I think it was just like a, everyone already knows that Darcy and I are a presumed duo if not from the Taylor vote, just from how non, like, the fact that we aren't quiet about the fact that we're talking about each other all the time and seem to be sharing most things with each other. And it's like, now I'm getting taken away from for three hours from a conversation I'm kind of in the middle of. Yes. And obviously, I just put that Bram is who I trust the most, and obviously I trust Darcy, so like, it should be great that I'm basically getting sent on a three-hour conversation where other people can't walk in on us and we can sort of figure out what this is. But honestly, in the moment, I'm just like, I don't know. Bad. I don't have the time or the energy for this. So I guess, like, what... I don't know how to phrase this question. Um, As somebody who to this point in the game has been a bit spread thin between Jordan and Darcy uh, mm-hmm. in a couple of different ways. What When a conversation like this one happens, whether it's cut short or reaches its ultimate conclusion, like, how do you... I guess, like, again, I don't remember all these conversations that great, uh, I read them in the moment, but I, I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't remember any of them ending well, or at least in a in a plate like 
in in comparison to the sort of fallout you had with Bram, where yeah, hurt feelers and betrayal, whatever. Um, ultimately, it felt like the two of you got back to a position of like, all right, we're gonna move past it. We're gonna vote out Spenjamin, and we're gonna move on. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time, your conversations with Jordan didn't have that same sort of resolution to them from where I was sitting. I don't know if you mm-hmm. felt similarly. Yeah, no, I don't think they ever completely resolved themselves. Okay. So how do you... So in this one in particular, the the, the hot air balloon is, is definitely uh, an unfortunate and frustrating wrinkle. Um, but like, what do you... Having that kind of hanging over the back of your mind for three hours, knowing that it's probably just going to resume where it left off and potentially mm-hmm. be worse than it would have otherwise because it's festered for that long. Um, how do you... Because it's not something that, at least from my recollection, you could just kind of apologize your way out of, so to speak, like you w- did with Bramble Cat. Yeah. So, so then what? Then we keep fighting. <laughs> In a, like, not a fighting with each other sense, but, like, a keep trying kind of sense of fighting. Like, sort of resolved that the conversation's gonna happen when we are allowed to talk to each other and figure something out. I don't know. I I think that I was hopeful that some resolution would be able to be reached, even if it wasn't the same as with Bramble where it was like yeah we were usually able to come to a like yeah we're we're good like coming to some sort of conclusion where it was like at least i think my main goal was to come out of this not feeling like we hated each other and could never talk to each other again Mm -hmm. whether or not it came out of it as like yeah we're allies or yeah we're number ones like just trying to come out of it like i don't feel animosity towards you when it's all said and done and i think of all the nights where it didn't feel like it was just a game this was probably the one like the ferris wheel itself or not the ferris wheel sorry the hot air balloon itself was effectively just like three hours of yes we did some plotting and advantages were found and whatnot but like was sort of a three-hour lull before just a very long intense conversation of like what's happening what who are we in this game who are we outside this game what does that mean what does that look like i don't know i think at the end of the day these are people and they're people that i want to make connections with wanted to make connections with and figuring out how to do that in a way that you know was productive but also genuine it would be so easy to have gone the route with taylor and just said, all right, I just am not going to have this conversation. But Taylor's not the person that I'm talking to still two years later. So in that sense, there's something to be said for letting the conversation happen, even if it's one that's hard to have. So what I'm hearing is you and Taylor could have been best friends if you'd responded to him. It's a distinct possibility. (laughs) I mean, Taylor is a chaos being, and I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> but, like, 
I think that that is still a distinct possibility that could have happened if not for me ghosting him that day. And I joke, but I think more so than probably anything else, anything I've I've experienced in hosting Alliance outside of Discordia, um, this conversation and I guess to a larger extent your just your relationship with Jordan in this game felt very it 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 had a much more visceral like real world feel to it than you know even your relationship with Darcy uh predominantly um court which we'll get to eventually <laughs> um the other dm like you know uh, yeah, the other extensively long DM channels that have existed in the time since then. Um, because it just, I don't know, it, it just had this very knockout, drag down feel to it a lot of the time. And I definitely hear what, you, what you're saying when you talk about, you know, I was there for that conversation. I fought for it, for this friendship relationship and that's why we're still friends that's why we're still talking two years later despite what happened at the time i definitely definitely get that um but yeah i you know obviously me reading through the bird darcy dm channel um was a lot because obviously it was always hundreds and hundreds of messages every hour but they weren't ever conversations like this and reading through bird jordan at times it really did feel like reading the two of your two of you like hanging dirty laundry if that makes sense um it like i'm just looking at um some of the messages that were sent in the like 20 minutes before you left for the hot air balloon and it's like damn like in both directions it's just like that's a lot <laughs> that is a very heavy language words um you know uh you know i will vote for anyone but you enjoy your hot air balloon i'm over it this alliance is done like if i don't know if somebody said that in the in like a quote unquote game conversation like okay that's pretty strong but like that's not like that's obviously a lot of, as I, as I will always say like separating the player from the game the conversations from the game relationships from the it's like it's almost impossible it's so blurry and gray but it definitely has a lot of those feelings of there's more to that going on and kind of you you mentioned a few, a while ago a while ago earlier that yeah you're playing a game and the bird playing the game isn't the bird that I'm even talking to right this second, but like that's, it's still bird. Like, it's not like you're a completely different person or creature or animal or whatever. Um, like it's still you underneath the game, underneath the, whatever the facade, however you want to present <laughs> it. So it, it feels like it had to have been taxing and um draining Mm -hmm. and um here again uh you know like you mentioned with smm like you blindsided smm 
how could you ever get SMM to vote for you? Here you have Jordan, I would never vote for you, <laughs> is one of the person, one of the people who votes for you at the end. So uh, I don't know. I like, I don't know where my question is in all this. Um, I guess I'll, I guess I'll ask to kind of prompt a response <laughs> is what, I guess, I don't even know if I want to ask that. Um, how, how does this conversation in particular and, and perhaps even your relationship in this game with Jordan as, as a whole, like how much is it taking out of you emotionally? Uh, and how, how do you, I don't know, how do you keep up, keep up, keep doing it? How do you keep up with it? What, what is driving you forward in the face of these fairly contentious times in, again, in both directions? I think it's sort of like at the end of the day, if you aren't willing to fight for the people who mean something, then what's the point at all? Like I could have just said, well, whatever, we're at odds and I'll let that ship sail. But yeah, I mean, having any sort of relationship with another person, be it on a game level, on a friendship level, on a whatever other kind of level there can be, even an enemy level, like, yeah, it's going to be draining. And I think that in particular, we were both fighting to prove that we mattered to each other and that it wasn't just like, a, oh, I'm talking to you because it's fun and this is a game, but like genuinely through the course of this, you're someone that you know, makes me laugh or that I have good conversations with. And so even when it's hard, it's like, I don't know, it feels like it's worth it. I'm I'm not the kind of person who lets people go easily. Like, I want to fight for people who matter to me. And at the end of the day, it was like, this is a relationship that I care about and a person that I've enjoyed getting to know and want to continue getting to know. And if the way that that manifests itself is us having to have real conversations about our positions in the game and how we feel about those, so be it. I I think this is, these are the kinds of conversations why some people don't like open DM orgs. Because I'm not convinced that conversations like this aren't happening in other places. Maybe they aren't. Obviously, people probably aren't getting that in emotionally invested as was happening here. But I do think that oftentimes people aren't willing to open up and have those kinds of hashing out when anyone besides the two people in the conversation can see it. But we were willing to have those conversations in a forum where they could be read and so it feels more jarring Mm -hmm. but i'm not convinced that those conversations aren't happening in places where people can't see them it's just that this happens to be a case where it is visible and therefore feels more notable than it might be otherwise um i want to ask you a question i don't know if you'll Mm -hmm. appreciate the question but I want to ask it anyway. Um, one of my favorite seasons of the show uh, is, is an earlier season. It's one of the first 10, 
seasons of the show. And in it, um, at the final three, uh, one of the players, and I'm, I'm being intentionally vague to avoid spoilery stuff, uh, but one of, one of the players sacrifices their chance to win the final immunity challenge in order to improve their standing with another person in that final three who they who had felt that they'd been wronged by that player Mm. and so they the person that they had wronged or had felt that they had wronged them was already eliminated so just two people left competing and one of and that person steps down from this challenge and says vote me out take this other person with you to the end because that's more important to me than winning that's you know our relationship above all else kind of situation Mm -hmm. and so i i like that season in general and that player in particular is one of the ones i've identified myself with a lot especially when i was watching all these survivor seasons for the first time Mm -hmm. um, because i thought that i saw a lot of myself in that player so when I'm reading through this conversation that you and, and, and Jordan are having, and I, I think, I, don't, I haven't read through some of the other parts, but it felt like a lot of the times when there was this tension or friction between the two of you, um, one of the more, one of the reactions or instinctual responses to it, um, at least from Jordan's side, was like, well, uh, like, screw this situation whatever was going on uh i'm done with it like our alliance is over or like just take this idol vote me out that kind of thing was the vibe anyway Mm -hmm. if it had been a different sort of thing where she had kind of asked you like okay well in some sense you know you to prove that you actually do trust me to you know if that's the thing that's at stake if she had if if somehow the sequence of events had led to you putting your game on the line to prove what you were saying was true is that a step you would have been able to take in this game no but i think that that is a lot of what i've been trying to unlearn since then because i think in that moment this there was still a single tracked mind single track mind of I'm playing this to win whatever it takes. And I genuinely feel hurt and sad when people are getting upset and when I fight with people and when I fight with my allies, but I'm trying to win this thing and I'm not sure I'm willing to put my game online. I mean, obviously, like, I gave her the half of the idol, but I don't think that that was a game-risking move at that point in time. Right. But I think I've reached a point now in my gameplay where that is something I'm much more willing to do. I don't know if it's because I've won now and so it's like there's no desire to win if it's because the actions in this game continue to haunt the way that I think about these games and the way that they affect people and that like at some point who cares if you win because the game ends and it's over but the people and the relationships are things that can persist. 
without the game. And so, yeah, if you put your game on the line to prove to your ally that you care about them and it doesn't work, so what? Because friendship at the end of the day and being able to connect with people is going to have a much more lasting impact than whether or not you win an online game. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I'm not sure. I think that every choice was made with a be big, be flashy, and if that helps me to win, that's terrific. And don't bend to others, even if they're people that I care about. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the thoughtful responses. And I think I think something that kind of has been a, a, a running theme through all of the episodes, I imagine, that we'll record uh, is this sense of, um, I don't know, I don't know, is, is making amends the right turn of phrase? It, there's a lot of trying to kind of, um, I don't know, like undo, unlearn, un, you know, it, change an outlook, change a perspective, change this, that, and the other thing um, as it pertains to your own conduct, your own thoughts, feelings, etc. Um, and it, it reminds me of, you know, a lot of some of the earlier seasons of the show, you had a lot of these moments where people would talk about, you know, I, I came out here for the experience to, to find myself, to, to better myself. I've changed through these 12 days. Like these three days were so short, but like I changed so much from this experience. Um, and it has a very sincere feeling, uh, sincere uh, uh, aspect to that same sort of looking back on an experience and, and think, I mean, even in the moment, perhaps, right? Like as it was happening in the immediate aftermath, two years later of, yeah, that I went through this experience and, uh, strategically and uh from an outcome standpoint i won and now i get to wrestle with all the things that happened on the path to that victory and then i'm still wrestling with them and i'm still and i'm still trying and i'm still working at it and i'm still this 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 i think it's just hard like when you have a conception of yourself as not being a bad person but somehow like seeing your biggest faults laid bare and in such a way that like not only are the things that you're least proud about yourself being seen by others they're being talked about by others they're being thought about by others and they shape the way that people think about you still years on and the weirdness of for the last two years discord has been my like main social group so it's not just that like oh yeah you can set aside this space and be like oh yeah that was a thing that happened it's like yeah it was a thing that happened but then the like half of the hundred people i talk to most frequently watched it happen and they've created their own narrative about it and so i think it's hard to not 
run those stories in your head over and over again. It's like, even if you go on Survivor, maybe your friends and family will watch it, but it's not like everyone you know is probably a diehard Survivor <laughs> fan. And so even if you do some things, they'll be like, wow, this person I knew was on Survivor and did these things. But it's weird when like the people who you talk to most frequently are also the people who are invested in these things and therefore also have the context with which to build that narrative. And so then I think it just, you know, it becomes more difficult when like, it's hard to not think about that person, even if you've spent that time being something else or you've taken on different roles or whatever it is. It's like, whatever, if, if you play a game in the real world, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, and like, whatever, if I'm on the rugby pitch, and <laughs> let's say I commit a bunch of red cards, like, and, you know, everyone on my team sees that, and that shapes how they think about me, that doesn't mean when I walk to work the next day, the people at work are going to have any thoughts about who I am. But when you play these games, it's like, you play one org and then you go play another one or you host another or you, I don't know, you're not even doing things that are org related anymore, but the people are the same. And so there's always some piece of that narrative that feels like it's a part of you. And so I think that's what it is. It's like it changes you and it becomes a part of you in a way that feels much more visceral than it feels like it ought to. Yeah, it's because uh, even like even the people who play the game on the show and, uh, you know, the, the, the show has had plenty of villains, uh, <laughs> villains in a far more literal sense than is used in most orgs, <laughs> to be fair. Um, like we're seeing what, like 13 hours out of 39 days content like you know how editing is you know magic (laughs) and you could edit any probably any person from any season into a villain if you really wanted to Um, yeah and then you come like and then like in an org especially one with open dms and open pretty much everything uh you get all 39 days or however many days it ends up being 38 this season um start to finish every dm message uh whatever percentage of confessional messages gets shared and then you can go read all those back if you want to after the fact um Mm -hmm. there's no there's very little that's kept hidden and i think that doesn't does its own kind of has its own impact on this thought of this is this isn't even an edited version of this person this is just this person yeah and even the people who play and claim or attempt to be characters or versions or or something that's not wholly themselves like that's they're still themselves (laughs) they can try (laughs) it's still them at the end of the day and I think I, 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 I struggle to find a person or struggle to believe that somebody could play 
a game so differently from who they actually are and if they got a lot of sort of negative feedback about it not not be affected by that or be able to let that kind of wash off their back i don't think you can i think that's either i don't know uh, psych, psychopathic <laughs> or whatever the right <laughs> word is for that um it doesn't feel real and uh i mean it shouldn't right like if you know we're we're all you shouldn't come out of one of these experiences and not be affected by it it's yeah. just that so often many of them like you say they they illuminate and can very often uh, accentuate your least desirable least appealing traits either from your own perspective or ones you didn't even realize you had that were negative um, or things that you think are positive traits about yourself that have just been exaggerated because of this nature of the game to the point where they stop being positive attributes like yeah i'm really great at forming bonds with people and connecting with people and forming friendships and that in almost all circumstances is a really great positive trait to have and i'm sorry i'm good at making people <laughs> feel like i care about them like yeah. am i not allowed to care about every per like I'm sorry that I care about more than one person. Like, who told, like, in what other scenario is it a bad thing to meet 18 new people and say, wow, I care a lot about all of you? Exactly. And yet, that is this scenario, right? Like, somehow, uh, that is what we're doing. Where, you know, there is often a limit to... You know, if you care a lot about four or five people in a game, I think you can usually make that work without too much damage. And when you exceed that number, people are going to start getting hurt. And unless they're able to, like, really dissociate from the experience, um, it's a kind of unavoidable. And, and the nature of the game means that not only is that going to happen... But even within the game itself, it often has to has to be reckoned with directly to that person, either once you reach the jury where they are waiting for you, once you get to the end of the game where they are a member of the jury, uh, or, you know, whether they're still in the game and you have to come back to them after a challenge or a vote or something. And it does suck that as good of a trait as caring for people is, that it can be taken and and become something negative it can become a disadvantage like why how why would somebody create a game that does that i don't know why do we keep playing it i don't know um it's it's kind of bizarre i don't know how people like but i do i was gonna say i don't know how people like will just play hundreds of these <laughs> but i think the answer is that the more you play the less each individual one feels like it isn't like a a version of you it's like if you play a hundred whatever each individual one might be some facet of who you are but you can try different strategies each time and you can meet different people and it doesn't feel like and you may not have a home community in some sense and so maybe in that that helps too it's not it's like any person who's watching you doesn't know you from anyone else in the game so whatever if you do something 
that they don't like. They just say, wow, that person's wild, and then you never have to see them again. <laughs> yeah. But I also don't have the time or the energy for that, and the type of game that I like to play still does rely on talking to lots of people and getting to know them, and there's no way to sustain that for any extended period of time. And, you know, over and over and over again. But it just seems like you're subjecting yourself to, yeah, seeing parts of yourself and to other people seeing parts of yourself in such a way that's very unnatural. It's true. So, um, you're on a hot air balloon. <laughs> um, I guess, so setting aside the interpersonal relationship and ramifications that this decision has on Jordan, how do you feel about this decision from Darcy as it pertains to the game at large? I mean, I don't think it puts that much of a target. I think Darcy and I talk either right before or right after, and she's like, I'm so sorry, like, I didn't want, like, I didn't pick you first because I didn't want to, like, paint us as a duo but it's not like anyone didn't know that already and from my view i mean whatever darcy bram jordan are the three people that i trust the most so if i am gonna go on a hot air balloon ride it's a whole it's convenient to be with people i trust i guess you could make the argument that it might be more useful to go on a reward challenge like this with someone that you want to build trust with rather than someone that you already trust but I wasn't the one making the decision. So, like, I don't know. In the world where I win, which it seems like there's no way that I would have won, like, yeah, I probably still take Bram and not Darcy or Jordan and then do someone like a Waxler, like someone who I don't really trust, but who having a situation like this might actually help me to build trust rather than just going with people that I already have a relationship with. So, uh, you, Darcy, and Bram get to go up in a hot air balloon. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I think, let's see, it starts at like 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. your time, if I can scroll. Uh, and uh, <laughs> literally uh, not even like two minutes into this ride, and people are spamming commands, <laughs> which is fine. Um, you can tire yourselves out that's great <laughs> um da, 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 da. and then about 20 minutes in we get the first bot mes message of the oh hot God. air balloon ride with just a hot air balloon picture in the sky it's nice it's driving us crazy um where did this photo come from is it a stock <laughs> image does it have something edited into it is it <laughs> yep absolutely i don't think the file name was anything interesting because i'm pretty sure i saved the files i think it just said looks like action vance bunch of characters unsplash i don't know what that means yeah so i think that's the website <laughs> so um clearly nothing i like i like bramble cat's comment here um uh or no darcy said maybe we are just floating into space and Bram Bunch said, that'd be a way to kick us all out of the game. Now it's final six. Ugh. Imagine. That'd be really iconic. I should have done that. <laughs> um, so, da, 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 da. 
seven o'clock rolls around and there's another stock image. Great, we love it. And then I think it's at 8 o'clock maybe. I know we didn't want to give you a ton of time to be able to discuss things by giving putting this advantage in at the start. Um, we posted another one at just before eight o'clock. And then at eight o'clock on the dot, you got a message from Dino with a hot air balloon pilot um, audio message, which was but voiced by Cheese. Cheese, the hot air balloon pilot. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, eventually, essentially leads Bramble to exclamation point, the floor of the balloon basket, which prompts an immunity blessing. And, I mean, it looks like I'm around, but for some reason, I feel like I was... I saw it a second after. Perhaps. I don't know. Uh, so the way this works is all three of you will vote uh, at the end of the, or prior to the end of the hot air balloon ride in your confessionals for one person on the tribe. It can be yourself. And if all three of you vote for the same person, that person gets immunity at the next tribal council should they be mm-hmm. vulnerable. That's um, nice. Yeah. So, uh, then then it becomes and i think this we did this in dark forest as well during the spa reward and uh, I, I think it was a little more straightforward there but uh ensue like 40 minutes of all three of you kind of wanting to be the person that you get that you pick but none of you wanting to actually like put yourselves forward to be that person yeah uh which was a lot of fun um <laughs> and so yeah i don't know do, did you actually really want this to fall on yourself? Were you totally fine with it going to somebody else? Did you care whether it actually went to anybody? How did you feel about it? I wanted it to go to someone. I mean, it's always nice to be immune because it saves you the stress of thinking, like, you know, whatever. It gets you one more vote further than it would have otherwise. But... I think some part of me knew that it was more likely that, of the three of us anyway, Bram or I were probably more likely to win any challenge that would pose itself. So if the only thought was it would be nice to have as many of us immune as possible, like, there was some part of myself that's like, ah, whatever, like, I'll just try to win immunity if... I can't have this. I don't think you ever answered what would have happened if the person who had it also won. Um, I don't think I did. Uh, I saw Bram mentioned that um, she said, or they said, I'll bet whoever has the necklace could hand it off to someone else. Not the blessing, but the necklace. Um, which, of course, was definitely true. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how we would have handled it. I imagine it would like if you hand off the necklace you're like here's the necklace and then the immunity blessing appears or yeah like i i think if we were gonna let that happen i think you'd have to announce the blessing regardless and then it just turns the uh immunity necklace into like a known idol basically um yeah which is kind of weird and i don't know that i'd like that uh me because the parchment uh, the blessing could go to any player of the game if the blessing is successfully revealed at the end. Yeah, uh, I think the I, I don't know how we would have ruled it otherwise. I think it would have to have worked that way, just based on how everything else was written. Um, yeah, because I think even if I don't like it, saying otherwise would be reason to cry foul or whatever. 
but um, I think in, in hindsight, I would errata it to say something different and say like if the person is already has immunity, like it doesn't do anything or something yeah. to that effect. Or it is in effect the next tribal council. That'd be pretty intense. Maybe, yeah. Um, but because I think the only time we've done this before was pre-merge, so that the person getting it was guaranteed to not have individual immunity. Mm, so yeah. Or no, I guess that's not true because we did it in Dark Forest. We had an it was an actual tangible advantage in Chattern that Lola found and bestowed mm. to somebody on a different tribe um, pre-merge, and then in Dark Forest it was final seven i think and it was another you know three people they all had to agree um and i don't know if we had rules written in place for the instance in which uh it would happen if if the person they gave it to won the individual immunity challenge or not i can kind of try to look while you talk about deciding to give it to darcy yeah i mean i think at this point the conversation I'd had with Jordan before I got on the hot air balloon was that she didn't want to work with me anymore. Darcy and Bram, I think had been sort of discussing making Jordan the vote, the next vote, assuming she wasn't immune by way of the challenge. I though knew that Jordan had an idol. So I was a little bit concerned. Hadn't told them this at this point. So was a little bit concerned about, like, if we put the votes on Jordan and she gets wind of it, how do we handle that? Um, and, yeah, but I think my, my main thought was, like, if for some reason Jordan does have people who are going to vote with her, her target is probably Darcy. And so if we protect Darcy, then that will cause Jordan and whomever she's working with to scramble live at tribal council to figure something out. And that's probably a good thing. Um, I see myself saying here, like, whatever, if it lands on me, then so be it. And I do genuinely feel like that was sort of how I was feeling. I think I was just already feeling dejected and torn up about these relationships and feeling like at the end of the day, like, if I'm the one who takes the fall for this, like I've played the game, I've done a lot of fun things. And if this is what causes my end, um, so be it. Although I do think I at least had one passing thought of like, I could just make sure Darcy doesn't get it. Like it just takes one person to privately do something else. And surely no one would suspect you instead of the, librarian mother figure of the tribe (laughs) that wouldn't make any sense no 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 (laughs) i'm very good and trustworthy and have never lied to anyone yeah um but yes the three of you settle on darcy that is who you all vote for though that won't be revealed until tribal uh which leads us to immunity challenge number nine everyone's favorite bumper balls oof what a challenge great challenge um so essentially again another spreadsheet challenge where you're all lined up around the outside blah blah blah. each turn you move two spaces this time you can turn both times if you want and uh, 
if you get bounced, if you run into somebody or somebody runs into you, uh, you get bounced two spaces in the direction that physics would dictate to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it started as a seven by seven board like platform with nine people on it. And five rounds in, everyone was still alive. And we had said that every five rounds, we would add a new rule or tweak the existing rules in a way to expedite, <laughs> expedite the game. So five rounds in, and we shrank the board to a five by five space. And that worked. <laughs> um, uh, that immediately led to some people being eliminated, which was great. And uh, let me see here. Round five. New rules, platform's too big, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Darcy gets knocked out first, so giving Darcy immunity (laughs) seems like a fair decision at this point. Uh, Court court is eliminated second, it looks like. Um, Jordan, and you and Jordan collide, which sends you off the platform in round nine. Intentional? Well, maybe. Um... I guess that would require everybody to actually know what they were doing in this challenge, which I'm not certain they did. Uh, uh, like, I feel like I understood the challenge, but like, <laughs> not the strategy, if that makes sense. Like, understand the mechanics, but that doesn't mean that... You were doing anything intentionally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I understand what will happen if this scenario takes place, but I don't know how to use that knowledge to... <laughs> ensure that i survive (laughs) right um then stefan waxler collide and they both are sent off the platform and we're down to four people (laughs) by round 10 which were bram maddie chaco and jordan uh the rule at round 10 was we um we started tilting the entire platform in one direction (laughs) randomly and so whatever direction it tilted everyone would slide that direction one space um i think maddie ends up like right on the edge multiple times and gets and avoids being away from it yeah which was mildly frustrating (laughs) um (laughs) after round 15 we added in an artificial intelligence bumper ball (laughs) that would move toward the closest person to it every move um, which added another layer of complexity And then, uh, yeah, after a collision between Jordan and Maddie, both are precariously stranded on the edge and the platform tilts down, saving both of them. Great. Um... (laughs) Then we get to round 20. Maddie is at risk again. And finally, his time in the challenge ends as the uh, tilt Um... command sends him into the abyss. So, I am reacting so much in this challenge channel. Like, anytime there's a react, <laughs> I'm, like, one of them. Uh, let's see. So we're ulti- we ultimately end up with the final two being Jordan and Bram, uh, as, as you would expect. So yeah. the new rule there is that now you have to move three times each turn. And b- both... Bram, literally the first turn after that, Jordan and Bram are both on the outer ring of the of the thing, and it tilts in a different direction, which we hate to see. <sighs> um, we keep going. Uh, we tilt again. Nothing happens. And finally, we get to round 23, and this is where we get our resolution. 
So much yeah. so that I drew a picture of it. And I actually drew the picture wrong. But ultimately what's going to happen is Bram is moving right. Jordan is moving down. And the AI is moving down. So Bram and the AI are going to collide, which should send Bram down, bounced, and should send the AI right. But I drew an up arrow for the AI instead. Bram bounces down and collides with Jordan, Jordan. sending Jordan off the platform to the south, sending Bram back up north the platform, uh, which where they should have come to rest. But then I also, yeah, they come to rest at the spot they originally tried to get to. So Jordan is eliminated. Bramblecat wins their second individual immunity of the season. And now you know that Bram and Darcy are going to be immune. Jordan has an idol. It's final nine. What are we doing? Crying. Yeah. It's good. Well, not telling Bram and Darcy that Jordan has an idol, but telling Jordan that Darcy is going to be immune. Because why? I couldn't tell you because it's not as if I'm saying Darcy's going to be immune, but it's okay. I'm working with you. Let's figure something else out. More like Darcy's going to be immune. I'm sorry that we're still fighting, but I think we were at least partially made up. I don't think we were completely resolved, but it was at least reading that channel is not like, Stress-inducing in the way that reading other things are. Um, um, yeah. Uh, also of note, at this around this time is when Waxler finds his hidden immunity idol from the laboratory. Oh, amazing! Um, so, all right. So, the in the the flow of information is not free. <laughs> It doesn't go both directions, at least at the same rate. Um, What leads us to the ultimate split that we end up with? I tell Jordan that Darcy's going to be immune. I don't think I say explicitly that we agreed on Jordan being the vote on the hot air balloon, but... It's possible that I do. I didn't actually read the night that I got back from the hot air balloon to know whether that's true or not. But I do imply to Jordan that, you know, she told me that we're not working together anymore. And obviously we've been on the balloon together. And, hey, by the way, don't you have an idol? (laughs) And Jordan says, did you tell Bram and Darcy about the idol? And I say... No, I didn't, because I didn't. But, of course, idol paranoia has been all over the place. And they realize, if they have me, I think that that's enough numbers. The the vote doesn't have to be unanimous on Jordan to have the numbers. And so, it's concluded that Jordan's closest ally, who is also someone that I guess, was in our alliance of convenience, but not someone that I was so invested in is Maddie. And so the conclusion is to split the vote on Maddie and Jordan in case of a possible idol play. Possible. 
possible, which I know is much more likely. Yes. And then Jordan says, I'm going to go show everyone the idol. I don't remember if there was a reason for it or if it was just in a fit of desperation or whether there was some reason to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that afternoon I was debating if there was a way to save Jordan without also burning Darcy and Bram and concluded that there wasn't and that it was therefore a better long-term solution to still stick with Darcy and Bram, stick with the split vote plan with the knowledge that Jordan had the idol and could play it however she wanted. But I think she had told me in the time leading up to that, that ultimately she wasn't going to, um, she wasn't going to save herself and let Maddie fall for her. And thus, I, I remember, I, I don't know, I don't have the notes, obviously. I remember writing out lots of possible vote splits on a piece of paper and trying to figure out, like, what were other ways of making this happen and whether or not they were, you know, a good thing or not. Um, um, yeah. Because I guess knowing, if you know now, if you knew for sure that you would walk into this tribal council, that Bram, Darcy, and Maddie would be the ones immune, would you have changed anything? I mean, I think there's still a part of me that would have loved to have that seven go to the end. So there's some world where it would have been like, oh, we could have done court or stuff. But I'd been building a relationship with court at that point. There was, I mean, I guess like I'm seeing in my confessional where I'm like, I want beans to be the next vote, but I'm not sure I would have been able to do that there. Like, I don't think there was a world where had I known going into that vote that those were the three people who were going to be immune, there would have been a way, like, if you're trying to maximize the number of people who trust you and are willing to work with you, I think the only way to do that was by voting Jordan out. And I think that was ultimately what the, whatever sketching I had been writing out was about was how do I come out of this with people who trust me and are willing to work with me? Even if I know that I'm at the bottom of a Bram, Wax, Chaco, Darcy, me, five person, that's better than being at the top of a me, Jordan, Maddie, and then question marks, like Steph <laughs> mm-hmm. court situation. Right. Like on one side, you have a solid group who I genuinely believe would ride to a five together. And on the other side, you have maybe a group of five, but obviously not a tight group that has any reason to stick together beyond one vote. Yeah. Because this, this is the point, <clears throat> I would say, you know, if we had done a turning point of the season superlative, I think this is mm-hmm. it. This is mm-hmm. the first vote that doesn't feel at all dictated by tribal lines, unlike the previous two merge votes that sort of still did. Um, at least, maybe not in outcome, but in like the mentality that led to the result. And you get an idol play and an immunity blessing 
um, Jordan protecting Maddie and self-sacrificing herself to go to the jury, um, using the idol that you'd found half of. I just, there's a lot going on. <laughs> um, and I guess it all happens like the only person whose trust I really ought to have lost from that vote who was still in the game was Maddie. But on the other hand, Maddie also had no one else to work with at that point. Right. So it was either work with me or don't work with anyone. Yeah, pretty much. Or, you know, find new people who are willing to work with you, but doing so with the knowledge that everyone else has built relationships. Yes. So, um, I guess going through this uh, tribal council, getting to the votes, um, how, I guess, like, how much how confident were you how sure were you or how surprised were you perhaps when jordan actually follows through plays the idol on maddie like what how on a scale of like one to ten like how surprised i guess are you five five like i think it felt like a 50 50 chance that she'd do what she said she was going to Mm -hmm. this is also the vote where i used my Yes. Glasses. I don't know exactly what I was hoping to get out of it. I think just ensuring that I wasn't being blindsided. If one of those votes had come up with my name, that would have been concerning. There, you or, used your vote advantage, not your... Glasses. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. My, my bad. Yeah, the vote advantage. And you got two um, Maddies. Two Maddies. Um, I can't remember. There were, like... I, I was. That was also part of whatever I was writing out that, like... If I, if I see this vote break down, then maybe it gives me some shred of information. But all that two Taylor vote, or sorry, all that two Maddie votes told me was okay. The vote split is happening as we agreed, and then yeah, Jordan plays it on Maddie, and that seemed fifty-fifty possible. Yeah, I think. I mean, I haven't listened to Jordan's podcast yet, but part of my thought is that. If you truly are number ones with someone and you think that if you play an idol to save yourself and your number one goes home, then you will 100% be the next vote. Mm-hmm. Versus if you play the idol to save your ally, they won't 100% be the next vote. I can see some argument to saving the number one in hopes that they can live longer versus saving yourself with a pretty decent shot that you'll be the next casualty. I could see that. I think, I think the playing the idol and yourself kind of, uh, finalizing the fact that you'll be the next person to go after they vote out your number one instead is a little bit overblown in general. Um, obviously, uh, that's exactly what happens with Ari (laughs) every time Mm -hmm. in Mojo desert. He's always the target as long as he's not immune. Um, but, uh, I think, I guess like we haven't had enough idols recently to to know that that's how it would play more in, in recent seasons, but I think it's a time, it's definitely true to a point, but I think it's a tiny bit overblown at time uh, for some. For sure. But I, I do agree. I think saving Maddie, Maddie 
Maddie say, surviving this vote has a better shot to go deeper into this game than Jordan surviving this vote, for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jordan plays the idol on Maddie. Uh, everyone is aghast and shocked because nope. nobody knew that that was coming. No one knew there was an idol. <laughs> um, first three votes are Maddie. They don't count. Jordan, Jordan, Court, Court, Chaco. Eighth vote for Chaco. That's weird. Uh, Steph, courtesy of Steph. Classic Steph. I love <laughs> Steph, but that's such a Steph thing to do. Um, and then the <sighs> last vote, 10th person voted out of Nexus Park, and the third member of our jury is Jordan. Um, and I'm Featuring my beautiful parchment that I made. Yeah, let's talk about this parchment. Because, mm. so I scrolled back. You had not written additional text on any of your parchments prior to this one. Um, why? <laughs> so up until that point, I was enough afraid of some concept of people knowing my voting history that I was using a different font on each parchment and a different color and like trying to make them in a different style every time just to I don't know. It seems like there's something to be said for like making sure people can't track your individual voting patterns. Mm -hmm. Just in case at any point in time you do want to blindside someone and be able to deny that it was your parchment. Right. I think in the moment I thought this was a tongue-in-cheek like you're not actually my number two ally or whatever. Like if I'm voting off someone I care about and am feeling not amazing about voting them out, in my mind, it was like, that's my way of saying, like, I still care about you. But the way that it was framed was absolutely horrendous and is still not something I've lived down when Jordan proceeded to vote me out of Red Pandorg another, like, six months later. I don't remember if she ended up actually putting that on my parchment, but certainly it was a point of discussion. So, like, obviously that is a line that, if we're talking about things that, like, follow you forever, <laughs> that's definitely a line that has followed me, for better or worse. <laughs> um, but I think in my mind it was like, this is, it's hard to have that, external view of things when you're in it and so this is the first but certainly not the last time that i write something yes this is this is some foreshadowing yeah here. i think on nearly almost all of the rest of the votes in the season there is something that goes on the parchment but in none of the cases was it ever meant as a ha ha I'm backstabbing you, I'm better than you, like, look at me, I just voted you out. It was always meant as a, we had something special and I want to acknowledge that we had something special. But I think instead it went in the exact opposite direction and was seen as a, haha, I'm voting you out, get wrecked. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, no, uh, exactly that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very much uh i i'm trying to remember i think when i was collecting the vote parchment images for this vote mm -hmm. it was one of 
Because, like, I don't know. We've had people put stuff on parchments before this, after this, whatever, um, to varying degrees of hilarity or insensitivity. And I remember this one, and I was like, ooh, ouch, was my reaction yeah. to it. Um, it's just like, I don't know. And, like, but, like, I knew enough to know that, like, well, I'm sure that's not how you meant it after I sat there for a second. Because yeah. I can see your confessional. I know most of your thoughts about what's going on. And none of them convey the feeling of what this reads like anyway. But it's still like a, ooh, <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, not not the best not not the most tact in the world yeah this is exactly how you i don't know i think i'd like heard of people making nice parchments and i just like had no con <laughs> conception of what that meant i'm still not really sure of like what kind of parchment people like people are like oh like they at least they voted me out with the nice parchment like i still don't have a concept of like uh, hmm. what you can put on a parchment that can be considered both nice and not hurtful. I mean, that's fair. I guess I'm like scrolling through the channel to see if I can find any decent one um, or something that would kind of work. Yeah. Like you could look at Spavi's parchment for court back at, <laughs> okay. you know, the second tribal council where it's a gif that uh, is just um, full of praise and... <laughs> But if Positivity. you vote for someone and they don't go out, I think that's I mean somewhat one thing. Well, I mean like I don't know. I would I think the parchment you chose is 10 times worse if it does vote out the person that it's for because oh, now you can't absolutely. even explain what you did or justify <laughs> the quote unquote joke, quote unquote positivity that was supposed to be quote-unquote inside joke whatever it is that's part of it they just go to the jury you'll never talk to them for the next two weeks and they are just like you know wouldn't what be the, the what heck? what what was bird thinking like <laughs> da 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 um you know we... i think what i was going for i'm looking i'm seeing the parchments that smm made i think <laughs> my goal would be to make smm level parchments where i see them and they make me chuckle and but they aren't like mean well i mean i guess then your first mistake is modeling your parchments after smm yeah who is great <laughs> smm is great uh but um <laughs> i don't know if your goal is nice parchment i think smm leans a little too far in the chaotic direction to uh sure. pull off a lawful good type of parchment <laughs> um <sighs> but uh say la vie that is what happens that is how jordan exits the game um, on her way out, she throws out, don't let Darcy win this thing, LMAO. Um, interesting. And, uh, 
you know, uh, tells Darcy that she'll see her in a minute. <laughs> um, and maybe says a few more things than we probably would have wanted her to, but like, it's fine, whatever. Um, and then uh, I say, we'll see who can land on their feet after the effects of tonight's vote. And Maddie says, I'm just saying, jury management is a thing, y'all. And that is a very poignant statement this season. Uh, uh, I, I, I this reacted to it. I'm the only <laughs> person not on the jury at that point this reacting to it. But <laughs> yeah. And I mean, point in case uh, or case in point, Maddie is going to end up voting for Steph at the end. So uh, the <laughs> to be fair, I'm glad that he voted Steph instead of Court. So, I mean, for your case, for your from your situation, absolutely. But yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, oh boy. We we wrap up this cycle. We now have three people on the jury. There are eight people left in the game, and things have just kind of been opened up in a sense, mm-hmm. as far as allegiances uh, allegiances are concerned. Uh, connections. There's an idol that's been played. It's out of the game. Uh, there's another one lurking and uh, we've got and this is also I guess as we kind of preview episode three (laughs) um, which you know if I had to kind of summarize each of these episodes you've got like dipping your toes in the water in the first episode and taking control of the euphoria tribe here it's predominantly a Jordan and Darcy thing we'll wrap up that part of your season at the start of the next episode but i think the overarching uh narrative in part three is going to be you versus waxler um mm-hmm. and uh i'm excited to get to that next time Woo. how you feeling tired tired well <laughs> thank you for this yeah. installment of the bird nexus park interview i appreciate you spending another four hours with me happy to provide <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, one thing I wanted to say post yeah. the episode is um, kind of to go back to that touchy subjects results. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that is part of my challenge results spreadsheet. Yeah. So you getting a z- zero, zero or effectively a zero as far as like oh. placement is concerned is yeah. really nice, in my opinion. Um, you still have the highest challenge score from your season, but it is a very, very tiny margin above bearable cap. But imagine, I mean, I guess it would have been slightly, if you'd gotten a 28, ah, you're still ahead of bearable cap, but smaller, even smaller margin, but still, I, I, you're man, you would, it would have dragged down your, your stock score that season. They would have do, uh, do reward challenges count towards stocks? Uh, they're going to. Okay. <laughs> we haven't really had a reward challenge. Yeah. Um, I'm basically going to change because, like, winning the reward challenge is going to be worth less than winning immunity, but like the top half, bottom half, and last place things are all going to mm. apply as well. Worth the same amount as they do? In- yes. Okay. Yeah. So. That's- because other than that challenge, like, I did quite well for myself, I think. Because you... I didn't do so hot in Stepping Stones. You were 10 individual challenges that you participated in. 
You finished in the top half of seven, bottom half of three, and last place in one of them from my records. I mean, I you, we'll talk about it later. I'm sure there is a way to deliberately do well in Haunted Hotel. I but mean... even with keeping track <laughs> of all of the responses that I had gotten to that point, I still was not sure what the right decision was. Well, the interesting thing there, and, and maybe this is something that would have been employed if it had been created this season is that it didn't have anything to do with lore like there's no lore component to the haunted hotel it was more so a little bit of common sense and what made the most like what was obvious and a little bit of knowing some pretty famous horror movies Um, yeah and uh because maddie who wins that challenge and is the only person who gets to the end uh was drunk when he did it and when I, I talked to him, that. he said, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to do that. And that's how he got to the end. <laughs> wow. It's that well, simple. Well, I think my choices were like center, left, and right room, is I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And so I was like, well, how am I supposed to choose? Because then I think every other choice after that was uh, like not actually a choice. Let me see. I don't remember which... Because, like, that choice in and of itself isn't definitive. Yeah. So it was... Oh, yes, you were in... Second bathroom, master bedroom, or bunk beds. And I was like, (laughs) well, I have no idea how to pick between... Oh, no, not even. It was a master... No. Second bathroom, master bedroom, or bunk beds. And I was like, well, I have no guess as to which of these is the safe route. So bunk beds it is. And then knockoff SpongeBob killed me. So, uh, yeah, no, um, I forget the moment in that uh, uh, line of commands, but it's something yeah. where um, if you, it's like, uh, gosh, maybe me six. I, I mean, guess. right above that was not scary, scary, very scary, and maybe those that was actually a choice that made a difference in any of the rooms I had chosen would have killed me. I don't know. Uh, so let's see. Not scary. Actually, um, you can't die in not scary. Oh, so I should have gone. That, that just felt too common sense. Exactly. Uh, very oh. scary is the cannibal room. So like you can live oh. that. That is livable just like scary is. Um, scary was mostly like zombie stuff or I guess like poltergeist zombie <laughs> stuff. This bunk beds thing. Uh, <laughs> the I, I told this story back in Chattern, but um i stayed when i would go to the shore every year with my family we stayed in a bunk bed room me and my cousin and uh it was decorated with spongebob squarepants stuff the sheets the mirror the fan the blinds all of it were terrifying yeah so like when i originally wrote this it was literal spongebob squarepants um and then was changed to not use real things and yeah. So what you're saying is, in order to win this challenge, you need to know Ryan's childhood traumas, <laughs> and then... <laughs> no, I... Let me see. I'm gonna... I found me six. Let me see if I can find... Gosh, Are I haven't used... still in there? They should be. Yeah, they're still here. Um, so let's see. Uh, no, no, I don't want to make a new one. Can I search for them? Will they let me do that? Let's see. Bunk beds. Okay, bunk beds. Okay. So bunk beds takes you to 
Entering the children's bedroom, you feel a wave of nostalgia come over you. Bunk beds are such a novelty that their very presence brings a smile to your face. Passing over the bunk beds, there's a clear kelp Todd motif going on in this room. Kelp Todd, kelp Todd sheets, wallpaper, lampshade, window stickers, and overhead fan. It's a lot of kelp Todd, and then you have to use kelp Todd, which tells you... So here, so this is the choice. So you start the, are you ready, kids? You don't see a television. Please don't do this to me, you bag. Oh, you shove a finger in each ear. Make it stop. Make it stop. Make it stop. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? And you can either pick make it stop or pineapple. Well, and so I chose pineapple instead of making it stop. And then you die. Yes, that is, that's what happened. So I have napalm to blame for this? (laughs) Maybe. All right. Well, in my next podcast, I will be taking it up with Napalm. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, uh, cool. we made it to final eight. So I guess exactly what we thought. Yeah. Look at that. Look at us go. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. If you'd like to try your hand at Alliance, our applications are always open. You can find more information by visiting AllianceSeasons.com. Our 13th season, Sky Cruiser, is now casting. Come join us in the HQ during the off-season for games and trivia and other fun stuff. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. Nothing's really left. Or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever Only out of place So long, farewell Oh, what I'll be to say Wait a minute Wait a minute Wait a minute